Welcome to episode 17 of the MX Vice Show, presented by 24MX, the world's largest e-commerce store, and your one-stop shop for all things motocross. For us, it was a shit weekend. Well, putting it mildly. But first of all, before we go into all that, let's thank our sponsors, Talon Wheels, Extra Triple Clamps, Liat, 20 Titanium Foot Pegs, Recluse Clutches, Alice Braces for all the support. I'm James Burford, and alongside me is MX Vice Editor, Lewis Phillips. Hello. Hi. How are you feeling? Great. <laughs> and in the studio, as always, is Rob, our producer from Jukebox Beats. As I mentioned, it was a shit weekend. Why was it a shit weekend? Because we're £50,000 down. It's that simple. We, uh, unfortunately, the guys went uh, visiting Max in hospital on nice a people. Saturday night. Uh, someone decided to follow us back from the track, uh, basically take everything we own, all the equipment, all our video stuff, photography stuff, passports, headphones, you name it. Everything we uh, we possessed, um, they took. And my spirit. And Lewis's spirit. So uh, not a great weekend. The rest of the boys, I think, got their emergency passports and landed at one o'clock uh, in the morning. Yeah, today. Today. Yeah, no. So we're, we're out for a couple of GPs, apart from you. You're going to be the sole. That's going to be great fun. <laughs> Carrying the team. Which means that probably by this time next week, I will be ready to kill myself. <laughs> and we're literally, fingers crossed and praying that we can get sorted from the motocross the nations. I mean, that's the, the target. We're, we're partially insured. We don't know if we're, we're fully insured yet. We're just waiting to hear back from the insurance companies. So at this point, we don't know uh, what's happening. Shit happens, and it happened to us over the weekend. But if anyone's got go. a fiver to spare... <laughs> It had really yeah. come in handy at this point. Yeah, donate an SD card or something. <laughs> that was SD, not ST, I card. 
So, Lewis, um, apart from our shit weekend, I think someone actually, we had a shit weekend, but Team GB had probably a shitter weekend. I think, well, I've given this a lot of thought, and Team GB were obviously cursed. Yeah. And I feel like Team GB was so cursed that it took all of the riders down. Yeah. Because Simpson crashed out, he's fine, but he cr- still crashed out, that it had to overflow off of the riders onto other GB people there. Yeah. So the curse hit the yeah. riders so hard that it overflowed onto us. So next year we, we turn in Dutch? I don't know. But okay. also on the Friday we were doing a Team GB video, so we were very involved <laughs> in Team GB. How did that go? Well, it was quite good. <laughs> it would have been quite good if it had all gone to plan. Well, actually... To be fair, even if we hadn't had our stuff stolen, the video still would have been irrelevant because yeah. everyone's busted up. So let's, let's talk about before we, we talk about... What do you about, want to talk about? I don't... Well, before we, we talk about ourselves, let's talk about, for those who might have just you know, been on holiday, shut their laptops down in phones, what happened the weekend? With what? Team GB. <laughs> okay. Well, because we started positively. We, the team was announced. Yep. Winning team, potentially. It's a great team. Good, yeah, podium team. team. Yep. And then what happened? Step one. Yeah, was Max had a phnorphrax. I still don't know how you say that word. Yeah, uh, it's basically uh, his an issue of his lung. Yeah, which basically, was... it's like a, basically he's got like a hole in his lung. Okay, and he's had it since the second motor crash at Lommel, and he didn't even realise. And you're not meant to fly or anything in that situation. I, I can't believe that he had that and still won Lommel. Well, even more a race. Sorry, that's, won a race that, happened, that happened in the second race. And in the first race crash, he dislocated his collarbone, which he only found out on Tuesday this week. I didn't even know he could dis- dislocate no, neither. I've, I, I said to him, I've never heard of anyone, A, having like a partially collapsed lung and never hearing about it. And I've never heard of anyone dislocating a collarbone. Yeah. I actually seen the post where he put up the, the crash again and the way it twisted him. It doesn't surprise me. Yeah, like proper body slam the ground with his stomach. If you um, fly with that, you're, you run the risk of your lung getting collapsed completely. And obviously having no idea that it was like that, he flew to Imola and didn't even really realise. But wow. he said that even in free practice on Saturday, it felt fine. And then on, in time practice, he was doing a fast lap and then he randomly just couldn't breathe. So like he reckons the G-force of a, such a hitting a bump properly like did it in. Yeah. That was that. He went to hospital, got out Sunday night and had to drive from Italy to Belgium because obviously now he can't fly. He can't fly for four weeks. So that's effectively his GP season done. But he's back home as he recovering. Yeah, he's well, home in Belgium. So that's that. Great fun. And then your friend Ben. Well, my friend Max and my friend Ben. Yeah. So <laughs> what happened to Ben? <laughs> Can we just stop there? <laughs> so then, <laughs> so then the next morning we went to I went to the track. Three employees down. Oh yeah, because we had our yeah, yeah. in between. We had our issue. Visit and then, Max. Yeah. And and I didn't go out for warm up because I was trying to sort stuff out. And someone came up to me and went. Have you seen what's happened to Ben? <laughs> and I just was like, what? What? Like, I just, and they were like, oh, he's just had a big one. It looks like he's busted his wrist up. And I, was just, and I just was like... At that point, did you start crying? And I went, I just like, literally, like, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know. So he broke his radius and is out for the season. And the end. <laughs> there we go. So, so Simpson had two big crashes? I think one. One big In crash. the second moto, he had a big one. So okay. that was why he pulled out. But he's fine. Yeah. Sterry had a big one in the uh, yeah. second moto. Yeah. And despite what some shit websites are saying, he's fine. Oh, Sterry's questionable for the MXON. No, fuck off. He's not. Sterry even texted me on Sunday night and said, can you put something out saying that I'm fine because everyone's spreading lies. Fake news. Fake news. Sterry's fake fine. News Sterry's fuckers. racing in Sweden. He's fine. Yeah, fake news. He's what? Racing in Sweden? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, GP. I was thinking, oh, he's doing the Swedish championship. <laughs> and then I realised where I was. Yeah, that's cool. So um, I actually tweeted him. And said, Are we yeah, I saw that. Yeah. 
I text him, are you not on that level? Uh, I, do, I do have that level, yes. Uh, you wanted to do it publicly so everyone could see you talking to him? Not really, oh. just thought I'd, it'd be funny to kind of, you know, tweet him and just say, GB needs you. GB might need, <laughs> GB might need a lot of things now. <laughs> oh. So Max is still a possibility for the Nations. Yeah, he's, st- he's not out. If everything goes to plan, then he will be at Nations, but everything with a recovery needs to go to plan. So like where he's been told, say, in two weeks, well, you need to be at this point in your recovery. If he hits those marks, then he should be fine. Okay. But obviously this isn't ideal because he still hasn't got a deal for next year. He's not really close to signing one. So he's open, but he can't even get to a GP to talk to people now. Jesus. This couldn't have come at a worse time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, what a weekend. And what else would you like to talk to me about? Uh, I don't know. Do you want to stop the show now and just go straight <laughs> to the bar? Oh, so basically, I was not in the best of moods. But the show must go on. And I, did, I still did my post-race podcast because the thieves, my podcast machine was in the car probably 30 centimetres from the camera equipment. And I can only presume that the thieves looked at it Went to pick it up, and then one of them went, ah, fuck that. hey, no, they went, hey, hey, we like the podcast. Oh, see, so, this is, oh, so, so now you're throwing your colleagues No, I, can't, I just can't, I imagine they would have gone, hey, you saying, oh, we do shit videos in <laughs> shit photography. I can only imagine that the thieves went, hey, hey, think about what you're well, doing here. We've some, got some podcasts listening to you. There's something we haven't ruled out here, the fact that the thieves took everybody's bags except yours. I'd like to thank I'd like to so, <laughs> so um, we want to know what you've done with the equipment. Literally, my, the thing is, okay, <laughs> if you started just a GoFund, clear, just if you just started a GoFundMe for Max's team next year, <laughs> just to clear clear things up, the cam- the equipment we had was literally it was not visible in the slightest. Like you, there was absolutely no way that anyone could have known it was there. So we obviously got followed because they knew exactly what they were going in for because they basically. So we had a we had a you had a jeep. A Jeep truck. Jeep Renegade. Re- Jeep Renegade, parcel shelf down, couldn't see into like it, it. And it wasn't, a, it wasn't like a normal, like my car, the parcel shelf's shitty and it's like a sealed parcel shelf. So like you can't even like wobble it to like get a little peep. Yeah. I, we were obviously followed, but so they obviously knew what was there because they went in through the back window, ripped the parcel shelf up because it was so secure. You can't like get your fingers down it and flip it up. So then Kate like ripped that open and got the camera equipment. My bag, which contained my passport, my laptop and my podcast machine, was just sat on the seat in full visible to everyone. Yes, I'm a fucking idiot. Which means, obviously, they knew what they were getting, they knew what they wanted and what they were getting, and they're a fan of the podcast. Yeah. Wow. So they obviously seen you guys I can only imagine in the media centre, media car well, park. what I heard is that there's gangs that operate in the area. Like, what I heard the next day, by the way, brilliant that everyone decided to pass this news on the next day. I was going to say, actually. Like, that would have come in, like, maybe, maybe just send out an email on a Friday. Like, hey, I'm Italian, just to let you know. Like, that would have been... Yeah. Useful information. Apparently there are gangs that operate in the area that have spotters and they basically say like, X person just left with this. I'm, Get ready. As a kind of like business owner, I'm kind of pissed that this isn't communicated. Like, Well, I guess, I guess it's... But it's not. Like, surely there should be an email which goes out to all of us in media to basically say, guys... Be extra vigilant. You know, look over your shoulders. Da, 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 da. This place is known for this. We've had... Well, and, then, and then we found out there was issues before. Yeah, suppose... I guess they run superbikes there still or something. Yeah. Um. Apparently at the superbike race, the same thing happened. Basically, a load of media was just cleaned out. And then MXGP last year, another photographer had his... Was followed and had his stuff broken. And he showed me a photo of his car. And literally, it was broken into an exact... Like, it could have been our car. Like the way the back window was smashed was like identical, which makes me think that it could have even been the same person. Yeah. And then well, we found out maybe it was that photographer. 
maybe he's just learned. At this thought. point, I trust fucking no one, to be honest. <laughs> like, literally. And I'm quite like that. Like, when shit goes sideways, I fucking, like, I don't just, like, sit back and let the police deal with it. Like, I'm fucking dealing with this. Yeah, so like, well, no, not like not there, but I'm like, <laughs> like I, so I was, I had like many theories <laughs> and many ideas, and the thing that I don't know, um, whatever it is, it, it's not fucking cool. We're, you know, those are yeah, our so tools I, to do our yeah, job. Yeah, so someone told us that on Sunday, and apparently, Superbike Race it was cleaned out, and then oh, that's what I was going to say. This happened to us on Saturday night. So Sunday morning, we went in and spread for news, letting other people know what was going, like what had happened, and then another photographer said that on Sunday night they f- were like extra vigilant and kept and were followed for quite a while driving back from the track so wow but they and the only reason they realize is because they're extra vigilant after what happened to us and they i don't know what they did i guess they stopped somewhere or lost them or took went round around about five times or something yeah damn yeah. and then somebody in the media center had their yeah wallet and phone stolen wallet and phone stolen yeah and but then, so the media center had security on it which mate mate like i don't know but that's that's what i'm saying if it, we, we know that not even a rider can get in without the right pass yeah to do, to get onto the wi-fi so you got to have some type of credentials to get in, which is which is what worries me. But uh, let's talk about the track because the track <laughs> looked great. <laughs> what a swift change of subject! <laughs> I just like to on one more thing. I just like to clarify. Uh, we were doing a good deed and visiting Max at the hospital because we're nice people. Yeah. And to all the kids out there, you may be thinking, "Oh, I'm going to do good things in life, and then life will serve me well." It won't. It's going to fuck you up the ass. <laughs> just, just be a dick. Just be a dick. <laughs> Like, after I found out that Max was in the hospital, I messaged him and said, like, oh, do you need anything? Because he didn't have anyone with him on that weekend. And he was like, oh, could we do with this? Being a nice guy, we were like, no, no problem, we'll sort that for you. Maybe that's not what you're meant to do. Maybe the world's just not rewarding these people. Unfortunately, there's just these people out there, buddy. To be fair, like, I've never, like, everyone's had the first, like, I've had shit happen to me in my life, but I've never had something happen like this where I've been robbed or something like this and experiencing it. I can't fucking believe it. Like we were in a hospital, we could have we could have just seen a relative die. We could have gone in there and just said goodbye to like a relative and still and but I, don't, I guess they don't. I guess they don't have any morals. <laughs> I got a feeling they haven't got very many. Yeah, but yeah. So now I'm going to Sweden alone. But we've got three hotel rooms. So if anybody needs anyone's kicking room, around, just, any riders, uh, any teams want a hotel close to the track? Yeah. Um, have we got any flights? Yeah, we got well? three flights. Yeah, yeah. If anyone wants one of those, so there we go. Sad we've, times. We are having fun. Yeah, lots of fun. The other thing as well is I wasn't impressed. I watched on TV and I got to say, I was not impressed with the track. From what i seen, which is not great from TV, seeing the track and stuff, but it did look shit. I'd be interested to actually see what it looked like on TV because I haven't really... It was not good, trust me. Because obviously things like, like we always say, like Qatar comes across really differently on TV compared to when you're there. And I'm, I'm interested to see what that looked like on TV compared to when you're there. Surprisingly, a few riders liked it. Really? Yeah, like Tommy Searle, who doesn't like things at the best of times, <laughs> was a big fan of the track. <laughs> wow. <laughs> was he just being Tommy just to be well, opposite finish, to everybody else? he did finish sixth overall. Yeah, so he so, was happy. Yeah, Sanai said he thought it was quite good. Okay. Prado said it was sketchy. Vlandering said wasn't a fan at all. Sewer gave it three and a half out of ten. And that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's the ratings from the riders. Okay. Yeah. What did you think? I, I feel like I want to go back and watch it from last year because they made a few changes to the bottom part. I don't think Tim Mathis was a fan because although he had one rider win, he did have another one who landed on the concrete and knocked himself out. Did they show that crash on TV? I haven't seen it. Oh, I haven't either. But uh, it didn't look. Yeah, well, Mont- it didn't Monticelli, sound too good. Monticelli crashed in the first turn and hit the concrete and was knocked out for two minutes. Yeah, and and this is at some point like I I understand why they're going to these these tracks because of the infrastructure and everything else. But however, the rider safety's got to come first. And the, those guys on four fifty machines, 
But even a 250 is a flat out. But I feel like that's what they did. Yeah. I feel like they after last year, they tried to slow it down because there was like a little chicane before pit lane and stuff. Whereas last year, you'd go, the second corner was before pit lane and you'd kind of swing, like hit the apex of the turn so fast that you wouldn't really shut off. And then obviously we saw like Caroli hit pit lane and stuff. So I feel like they added little bits to try and slow it down and make it a bit safer. But it just, I don't know, it didn't really work. Like, I don't know why, because you put a little chicane on the track and it should technically make everyone ridiculously slow. But but it didn't help where, not because of how rough it was, but because of the break, the, the bumps, the, the ruts and everything I else. I wonder if like... The back end was literally, I mean, everybody was crashing on the back end going out. I don't know if it's possible, but like, I wonder if... You obviously have concrete in the middle of the track. I wonder if you should lay a layer of dirt even in the middle of the track. I guess it would cost a I've, lot more money, and I don't even know if it would actually help because at the end of the day, it's but still it's, dirt. it's still got to be better than landing straight on the I concrete. Guess. Oh yeah, I just wonder if that's a. I'm, I'm trying to think what they do at Assen. I think there's some. But what do they do in Supercross? I think there's dirt all around. It. Yeah, they lay a pad. So like, there's dirt everywhere. There's plywood actually on the outskirts. But I'd rather land on plywood than I would land on concrete. I guess yeah. That's just. I guess it's a bigger surface area and all of that, so it's a bit more of a logistical nightmare. But Yeah, but I think it, at some point someone's got to ask these questions. If, if they are going to r- continue to ride on these man-made circuits, which are basically on concrete and tarmac, if, if they are going to ride on there, then they have to find a way. The same as in Supercross in America, where they've got the nets and they've got all these different stuff. They need to find a way to protect the riders because we could have ended up with more riders out again from the weekend and it, it's just an ongoing thing this year with it doesn't add to the series by half you know the riders missing yeah and well it's to be fair i say it didn't really slow it down but a couple of riders did say it was like enduro because it wasn't because it was technical and tight and like it didn't flow so i don't know maybe it was slow enough i guess to be fair if you look at it apart from monticelli did anyone get injured i can't really think of anyone well, I don't know if he's... Bogus hurt his shoulder. Well, Sterry was lucky to get away with yeah. this. Simpson was lucky to get away with oh, this. Oh, yeah. Pra- think... And Prado had a close call. Fever had a massive crash. Did you yeah. see that? Yeah. yeah. But and, like, that and wasn't again, concrete-induced. He... No, but he then went onto the concrete. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, hard luck. Yeah. But I think he was okay, but again, that could have gone wrong. So it's this is the, the thought process is, if you're going to do this, then there needs to be an added extra you know, layer of protection for the yeah, riders. Yeah, that's not what you do. You work, like what you can... But, but do you just... Do you just say, okay, we have one to two of these a year maximum, and then the rest of the rounds? I'm trying to think, what else do we have on concrete? Well, Assen. Because I'm trying. Assen Nations. Well, I'm trying to think, like, Palembang, that wasn't concrete. It was like. Well, it was ready to be built on for houses, wasn't it, or something? I can't think what it was. It wasn't. It definitely wasn't concrete, but it was like. Was it a hotel car park? No, it was. It was. I might have. It wasn't grass, I don't think. And it wasn't. It wasn't like. I don't know what it. I'm trying to. I can't think for the life of me what it was. But it wasn't concrete, but that obviously was fine. And that, that was a like gnarly uh, track as far as like being fast-paced and big jumps and stuff. Because they tamed the jumps down at Imola as well. Like The uphill step-up, the takeoff wasn't peaked up at all compared to last year. And mm-hmm. the rhythm section opposite pit lane, that had gone in favour of just a double-triple. Whereas last year, I can't remember what it was, but some people were tripling, some people were doubling. So yeah, it was definitely toned down compared to last year. Do you think they'll run there again? It's on the calendar, so I guess so. There was nothing which stuck out to them this year, which may maybe questioned I guess it's next a, year. I mean, what was the, what was the attendance like? Uh, twenty four thousand eight hundred ninety six people. Did it look twenty four thousand eight hundred ninety six people? I don't because that's a that's a weekend attendance. You know yeah. what's weird? But I'll tell you. I was thinking this yesterday. From if you stood looking at the grandstands, it didn't look busy. But whenever I was walking through the pits, it was never easy. Okay, so like, it was like a lot more easy, or it uh, maybe a bit less than that. But like whenever I was going places, I always was like 
fighting through people. That's because the people there were actually trying to steal stuff from the teams. Well, all that. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I was thinking that. That doesn't really add up because, like, you look at the grandstands and it didn't look that many people, but then everywhere else, like, even walking to the track and everywhere, it seemed busy. So I don't know. Maybe if there was a little. I don't know, maybe for grandstands just deceiving or what, but that confused me. Okay. Anything you learned from the weekend apart from um, don't leave stuff in the car? What? Don't leave stuff unvisible in a secure locked car yeah. in a secure car park? Yeah. Apart from that, what did you learn from the racing? To be honest, my, my focus wasn't so much on the racing. <laughs> <laughs> was your mind elsewhere? <laughs> my mind was slightly elsewhere. <laughs> Should we end the podcast now? <laughs> let, me just, let me just try and rattle my, rattle my mind back past all of the negativity <laughs> that we've talked about back to the, uh, the racing. What's... So, obviously, the, the biggest thing of the weekend was Geyser being crowned. Yep. Which we all knew was coming. Yep. I was surprised how much he pushed. Really? Well, he was not exactly shy when it came to... No, and he, he did come off the bike. Yeah, like, he didn't really need to do much. He needed to finish eighth in the first moto. But that was if Sierra won. Yeah, and even if he didn't win it in the first moto, there's still a second moto and three rounds. I was just surprised how much he was pushing. But then I guess in those situations, if you don't ride like you know how to ride, then that's where you start making mistakes as well because you start thinking, you start going, oh, be safe, be safe. But maybe that's the point where he gets injured because he did have another get-off again the weekend and again was rubber man in Banks. I don't think it wasn't that bad though, was it? It wasn't that it, bad, I think but it, it still... looked worse than it was. It was yeah. more, like it looked spectacular because the bike flipped but, and all sorts. But... Yeah, but then when you see other people who do exactly the same thing and they end up with a broken or dislocated shoulder or something, so you know maybe the, the the way that he's riding is actually contributing to him not being injured as much. That that was a mindfuck of a sentence. Exactly. <laughs> wow. That's what I'm here for. No, yeah, like I, I know that's how it works. Like the second you start thinking about what you're doing and don't push as hard, you start then. That's when shit goes sideways because I mean you're not being you. You're then you're you, you're then not relaxed. You're stiffer on the bike. You're, you're nothing take is your, normal. Take yourself back to East Kent. Okay, you're East Kent. Yep. What's the local round at East Kent? But just pick a track. I can't even remember what the track is. Regis? No, that was Portsmouth. Okay, right um, then. What tracks did these? I can't even remember. But just picture yourself. You're in the 80s. Ringma. 80s? 80s. We were, we were, oh, not oh, 85s. Oh, we're many years, I was going to no, say. No, no. Did you find yourself shutting off at one point? No, I shut off a lot. I barely, <laughs> barely, I barely went the opposite way. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd just try and take you back to oh, uh, nice. in that moment. Permanently shut off. <laughs> yeah. That didn't work then. No. Okay. <laughs> I was very safe. Never been injured in my life, touch wood, because safety first. So um, we got to say congrats to Garibaldi because was that three titles in what? With Geyser? Yeah. yeah well, was that three titles in five years? 2015, 20. Yeah, five years. That's impressive. Yeah, that's not. not that's bad. a good return. And given that he started the. The race team by selling horse. Oh yeah, I sure. Have you ever actually said that on it or not? I don't know. Oh. Can you start touching the microphone? Well, I, it's locked in place and I can't move it, and it's annoying. It, it doesn't need to. It stays in that position. You're okay. the one who keeps moving. Okay. On that note, before we go into the whole racing of the weekend, let's have a little break, and uh, we'll be back after the advert. Yeah, For everything in the world of motocross, head to mxvice.com at Motocross Vice on Twitter and search MX Vice on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. All content is now available in Spanish and Italian. So, Lewis, we were talking about Geyser just before the break. It's incredible, really, when you think about it. At the start of the year, we were just talking about, okay, we can see glimpses, and you were saying, yeah, but we need to see, you know, two races put together. We need to see, you know, back-to-backs. 
And he's come through this year. I mean, obviously he's been helped by the the injuries and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, uh, you have to stay in a championship to win a championship. Can't say that away from him. But he has done everything you kind of said he needed to do, like by stop crashing and and we and let's face it, we went through the whole um, visor gate as well. I think we need to take um, some credit here because um, I feel like we've actually contributed towards Honda's success. I think no, no, you've done that completely wrong way. We need to eat our words. What we need to do? Are you sure? Yeah. You, oh, okay. You, well, what you've done is the glass half full, and I'm, I'll go to glass half empty. You want about the glove or the glass? Oh yeah, the glove. Why did I say the glove half full? I just wanted to check because I didn't know whether it was just. Uh, no, I'm not with it. I've been... <laughs> it's been emotional. If anybody's got any gloves half full out there, it's then, a glass um... half. It's a glass half full, glass half empty, whatever. <laughs> you no, can I... see what I'm working with today. I didn't, I didn't see. I didn't see this. What the glove or the geyser thing? I just, the geyser. I just didn't. You, you actually look. I'm going to take a photo of you because Why? the people who are listening to the podcast need to understand what a precarious moment this is for you. You seem very precarious. vulnerable. <laughs> you seem like a scared little child. I just need everything to go back to the way it was. Um, so let's talk about Geyser. So you you think that um, we, we need to apologise? No, not apologise. Well, just we've eaten. He's proved us wrong. He's proved everything. Everything I said that, okay, he's done that, but now I need to see this. He managed to do everything. So and kudos. I, and That's I, what we need to do. And I think I kind of said um, nothing of the, of the sort, apart from, obviously, the visor issue, which got sorted. Okay. Um, but no. Yeah, I didn't see his comment. He's been ridiculously consistent, ridiculously good, ridiculously just ridiculous. Really? So is is this a new geyser, a mature geyser who's kind of looked at this and, and said, okay, I need to calm this shit down. This is what I need to do. I was talking to someone about this at the weekend. And it's funny because I still feel like going into 2020, you could make an argument that he is still the biggest question mark because Hurlins is still the benchmark. We've never seen geyser actually go up against a her- healthy Hurlings while he's been healthy. Caroli, we always just know. And Prado, everyone just presumes he's going to be good on all 450. So in reality... One of the qu- biggest question marks going into 2020 will be, is Geyser going to be that good? Will him being this good equal this many wins again? Or will, if he's just as good as he has been this year, against Herlins, Prado, Caroli, where does that put him? I think that's one of the most interesting stories heading into the new season. And I can now start to get excited about 2020 because I was getting excited about 2020 in April. Yeah, this year can end now. Okay. Um, I just need to get, get me in a time machine and get me three months down the line when everything's sorted. Do you know, I did have a little chuckle to myself when I looked on Twitter earlier and someone mentioned about should the GPs go down to 12 to 14 in a season? How well, would you feel about that at the moment? Well, would the GPs would be... have, well, if they'd gone down to 14, the GPs would have ended at Lommel, meaning that all of the shit at Imola wouldn't have happened. So, <laughs> so we'll take that because we still have our uh, yes, equipment. Don't and, say um, the words, it hurts okay, me. Okay, sorry. Sorry. Hurts me. So credit to Geyser. He's yeah, he's been, you know, you know, fair play, third world title. You can't pick a fault in anything he's done this year, so. No, he's he's been great. He's been but really good. Yeah, so. I mean Roger Harvey's got to be very happy. Did you speak to Roger the weekend? Uh, he's an advisor now, so I guess his advice worked. Oh. Yeah. Or maybe Geyser won despite his advice. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe yeah. maybe say that to Roger. Hmm? I probably so, have done at some point <laughs> or another. <laughs> I like you. You like I like I like. Yeah. <laughs> I, whenever I just think of you and Roger sort of talking, it just makes me laugh because of the banter you guys have. I do like Roger. Glenn Coldenoff. Glenn Coldenoff is Kevin Wyndham. Really? Yes. Okay. Okay. And then, and how have you come up with that? <laughs> Explain, please. I've uh, I've, been, I've been wanting to get this off my chest for weeks, and I've actually tried writing an article about it multiple times, but I keep running out of time. Okay. So talk now us I'm, through your article. 
Kevin Windham in his latter years yep. would always be a sixth to seventh place guy, good enough. And then when everyone got injured or when an opportunity presented itself, he would suddenly come alive and win or do something good where you'd go, oh, not necessarily if everyone's injured, but if someone crashed in the first turn or like he gets the lead, it's like, oh, wow, he's suddenly alive and he's here. Like an opportunist. Mm-hmm. That is Glenn Coldenough. Okay. If you look at the spike of his season, it happened at the exact moment when suddenly there was a possibility for him to do quite well. Well, I was going to say, sorry to interrupt, but I was going to say on the back of that, do you think that watching his teammate uh, win at Lommel last week prompted him to step up this week? Not maybe prompted him, but I'm sure it probably lit a bit of a fire under his ass. Because he was the number one in a team. Uh, Well, he was, because he was signed first as number one, yeah? yeah? And and Max was, was coming in after. Oh, Max. And and uh, Monticelli. Um, so, you know, he, he must have thought, hold on, I have got a two-year deal and I am safe, but at the same time, I'm going to have to show maybe what I've got because Max has just come in, hasn't got a contract, and he basically could have gone 1-1 last week. This basically sums up what I'm trying to say. In my interview with him on Sunday night, okay. he said, I felt like I could win because Tim was riding for the championship and he made a few small mistakes. What, so if Tim wasn't riding for the championship, you would have felt like you couldn't win and then you would have just... Yeah, okay, that's not the sort of thing. Uh, but you're right. I, I can see where you, you, you think of him as an opportunist. Yeah, I, I do generally see him like that. I, think, I do think of him as Kevin Windham. And if you look at all of his seasons, there's such a spike at the, in the second half of the season compared to the first. He never starts strong. We need a stat sheet on that. I have done that and I just haven't updated it. But he always, if you, if you find the exact halfway point in the season, the points scored in the second half compared to the first were always way higher. That's interesting. It is. Thank you for that stat, man. So yeah, I just look at him like Kevin Windham for those reasons. Okay. Yeah. What do you like, Kevin Windham? But he, did, he didn't kind There of... was another reason as well. Oh, okay. I had two reasons why he's like Kevin Windham. But you, I forgot but you can't remember one. it. Yeah, yeah, I know. I knew you were going to say that. Um, but he didn't put a foot wrong, hey? No, he didn't, to be fair. And to be fair, I thought he was going to lose. <laughs> okay, what's this race two? Uh, both of them. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> when Sewer got into second, he went a second a lap faster two laps in a row. And I was like, ah, seven minutes to go. Like, if he keeps doing that, then he'll catch Glenn. And he didn't. But I was like, ah, he's set up well. He's second in the first race. And Sewer even said that he felt like he could win the GP because he felt like he could beat Glenn. And then the second race, Glenn obviously got a whole shot. Sewer started second. And again, I was like, ah, okay, here we go. Sewer wins his first GP. That'll be good. But Glenn just rode away from him. And uh... which, which shocked me more than anything I'd seen before that. Okay, and did Koldenoff uh, talk about the track at all or anything within your interview? Uh, he did. Would you like me to expand on that? Yeah, do Okay, it. he said, but it's not a track he likes. Okay. And he doesn't understand why he did well there. Wow. Okay. Interesting. But do you want to know why he did well there? Why? Opportunist. Opportunist. His, he was in the right mental state. I did pose this to him. <laughs> <laughs> what, did you call him Wyndham or...? No, in Asia... Okay. I did pose to him that maybe he's a bit of an opportunist and he didn't accept. Okay. I put it on the table and he declined to okay. pick it up. So, so now you're actually pretty adamant that he is an opportunist. No, I just, I just can't get this out of my head. Okay. I feel like it's pretty bang on. No, I mean, your thoughts are your thoughts. I'm, I, I don't tend to um, have an opinion on. Um, he is Kevin Windham now. I'm adamant. I'm adamant in my thought process for that. Okay, Jeremy. Jeremy. I thought Jeremy was going to win. I would have put, going into that second moto, I would have put a lot of money, or I think I had left anyway, on Jeremy winning the GP. Okay. So you, you I looked that thought, good out there? Yeah, I genuinely thought that was going to happen, but it just didn't go in the second race. And uh, one thing I did think was pretty cool was his helmet weekend. The oh, yeah. Custom helmet. Yeah, it was cool. Very, very cool. With goats and mechanics and dogs and 
other things. So it was done by Monster Energy, obviously done the helmet, but it was image design custom. No, 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 no. It wasn't a monster helmet. It was done in Japan. Oh, I did not know that. Did you watch the video where he says... I did watch the video, but I had it on mute. So just, I was just looking at it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you need captions, dude. You need captions. Um, need a lot more than that now. But. <laughs> yeah. Um, last video for a while. Stop making these jokes. <laughs> <laughs> You're not helping yourself. What would, we, Do you want to talk anymore? I today? can't believe what I was going to say about the helmet. See, I knew this was going to happen. I knew putting you on a podcast show after all this trauma the weekend was not cool. Um, <laughs> because like it was bad um, enough, obviously. The no, it was, going, des- it was designed. Ben being injured, Max <laughs> being injured. Like, look at the state of you. <laughs> this is why I've taken fo- this is why I've taken photos of you. Cause... It was um it was designed by Jeremy and his girlfriend. Yeah. And uh, then uh, it was painted in Japan and it's got a little sticker on it that basically says it was painted in Japan and everyone tells him to take it off because it looks shit but he says no that shows it's authentic that's state. I like it. Yeah. That's cool. If you watch the video on MXY's Instagram you would learn that. Do it. There we go. No, you do it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> at MXY's on uh, Instagram. Amazing amazing interview with Jeremy after the race where we discussed why he didn't sign with HRC. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Please expand for those um, who haven't listened or read. Or read. He basically said that he was going to be the number two guy and he didn't want to be the number two guy. He said he felt like it would be a place he'd go to and if he did well, that would be great. But if he started winning races, maybe they wouldn't like that. Oh, interesting. And he said that's not the mentality that you need to... Whereas at Yamaha, he'll be the number one guy, which is obviously a huge pull for him. So yeah, that's actually another thing we need to talk about at Yamaha News. But um, yeah. yeah. So that's interesting. That he's going to be the number one guy. What's interesting is all of these websites. Oh, he's going to Honda. Jeremy Sewer is heavily linked to Honda. Yeah. No. How about you ask someone? Just just ask. Just I love this passion. Throw it out there. Just walk through the pits and go, hey, is, is Jeremy going to Honda? And then, like, I've been, out, I've been on this for about three months. He's not going to Honda. He's not going to Honda. And are these, is this like... There was an Italian website that, che- that photoshopped his bike red, saying this is what Jeremy Sewer will look like next year. Wow. Maybe their video equipment and, and photography equipment might not, you know, get too better. Soon. Too soon. Okay. Too soon. Okay. But yeah, um, so... But yeah, interesting, because uh, you knew, you had the news, and you are adamant that he was staying with Yamaha because you got told. Because I knew, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody else doubted you. Yeah, everyone doubted me. Riders, teams, everyone. Everyone told me I was crazy and he was going to Honda. Wow. And look at you now. I'm very proud. I, if it, to be honest, if he'd gone to Honda, I would not have looked good because I'm no, adamant I, I'd on probably this would have just skipped Sweden and said your laptop had got taken. But instead, I, um, I'm looking good. Okay. So, so let's, let's talk about Yamaha. Can we talk about yeah, Yamaha let's talk about Yamaha. Okay. So first, uh, we, we have the announcement that Rinaldi is not going to be running the, the MXGP team. Yeah. He's effectively becoming Yamaha R&D. Is, was there a reason? Do you know the reason why he's stepping down? Is he, he's just been doing it for God knows how long. It was just nearing the end anyway. I heard that he wanted a long, like the deals didn't quite match up or whatever. So I think that kind of prompted it to happen now. And interestingly, in the press conference, McKaylee even said, I respect Yamaha's decision. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. That's interesting. I wasn't even listening and I heard that and I was like, oh, wow. Oh, now I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, but Wilvo will step up and have, basically, Wilvo will have all of the technical support from Rinaldi. Yeah. Which basically will bring Wilvo on light. Is. Yeah. Because with the infrastructure and the money that Wilvo have got paired with the knowledge that Rinaldi's got, that's pretty much a very good combination. Kind of a dream ticket. This really. is also why I've always said, if you remember when Paul Ann signed with Wilvo, I always said it was, a t- I felt like it was a tactical move. Yeah. Because we knew about, everyone knew about Wilbur becoming the factory team in 2020 in around, no, uh, July last year. Yeah. 
So I always felt like Paul Ann signed with Wilbo knowing that it would eventually become the full factory team. And therefore, he's then back in a full factory team. Yeah. Because obviously, there were no other full factory options for him. How do you think he's going to do next year? Same. Yeah? Same. Okay. Even... Jeremy will be the number one rider on that team. Yeah. yeah and I think so. do you think he's going to go on again? Do you think he's going to improve again next year? Who? Jeremy. Oh, yeah, 100%. Okay. Whereas I could see Gautier and... Well, Arno, who knows about Arno? He's still an unknown commodity. Yeah. But, yeah. If uh, Arno can stay um, healthy. Yeah, which he's done perfectly. I don't even think he... Can you think of a crash he's had this year? No, it's great. It's awesome to see. Obviously, uh, it didn't go too well for him this uh, well, last weekend in Imola. He had one good race. And the second race, what? Do you know what happened to him in the second race? Yeah, he crashed on a little rhythm section thing after pit lane. And then after the race, it said he was under review by the stewards. Okay. But I guess nothing came of that because he's been awarded with 16th. So... So the, and also big news for the Yamaha thing is that um, Kimia is the factory team now for MX2. So they're not called Kimia anymore, they're no. called Monster and Energy. And Wilbo isn't called Wilbo. Okay. Uh, they're both called Monster Energy, Yamaha Factory, MXGP and MX2. Which is kind of weird because I feel like they would, I feel like I'm surprised, I'm surprised, I'm just surprised that like Louis would let Wilbo just be taken well, off. G- given that Wilbo basically... You know, put so much money into into that team. But and if it's not it's not in a team name, maybe it will be on the bikes, and maybe yeah. it will still be there enough. Yeah, but I'm sure he's investing a lot of money next year. Yeah, so you know, it will into be this project. So yeah, you've got to think, and it's got to be the same for Kimia as well. Yeah, they're, they're not... I'm, I'm interested to see where because obviously they were always Kimia were always an official MX2 team. So I'm interested to see how much of a step up this is. Because although I've always known it's not factory, I've always kind of thought of it as being as good as. Mm-hmm. so maybe maybe this is going to be a huge step up and maybe Ben will have a perfect season who knows <laughs> <laughs> just slip that one in there <laughs> okay so you kind of expect I mean they, they've had a pretty good year this year because all three riders stayed healthy who? Yamaha in what class? in MXGP oh that's four riders and one of them did not stay healthy yeah but let's take three what are you, what are you saying? the three current Yamaha riders for oh next okay year. yeah, yeah. Um, they've they've had a pretty good year yeah. for Yamaha. Another thing I found interesting actually is like you know a lot. Some riders are very observant. If you if people say a rider gets lucky, they're like, "Yep, okay, I accept that." Sewer in his interview, <laughs> which I was like, "Wow." Sewer said, "My goal this year is to be top five in a championship." Of course, as I said before, three top guys are injured, so five minus three is two. That's where I'm at now. If you take my calculations, okay. So he predicted he would be top five. He's basically said that. Even if you add, his goal was top five, and even if you add in Herlin's, Caroli, and DeSau, I guess he's talking about, then that puts him fifth. But it's interesting that he's kind of just like said that if they, he's kind of said if they're there, then yeah. they would be ahead of him. Yeah, but he's a realist. So yeah, he's, which he's is like, bold, but that's not, I like, that's good. Honesty, we like honesty. That, that's cool, I like that, because he kind of knows, this is what I expect of myself this year, and then these are my goals for next year. Yeah. I like that. I like that, that's why I interview Sewer. Cool. Can we now talk about Tommy? Because um, was that his best weekend for a long time? Yeah, I guess so. I would presume. Well, you're the stat, you're the stats guy. <laughs> I, so. haven't, I haven't had much time for stats this week. Oh, okay. I haven't really had much time for stats this yeah. week. You no, do, I'm trying to. You do look tired. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I, <laughs> I had an hour sleep on Sunday night, so I'm still recovering from that. And he's got to be pumped, which is obviously. I mean, did the decision of the nations play a little part in this? Question: Why the hell haven't Kawasaki put him on on their factory 450 any other year? I don't know. I don't know. Like when when riders have been injured. I don't know. They gotta be happy with with what he's like, doing. Well, considering as well, he's not even healthy. But like no. the ribs and hand and everything. So, Matt, like, it's kind of. But like, what what would he be doing if he was healthy? Mm. 
And what would he be doing if he'd had an off-season on the bike? I'm not really sure how to answer that, but it kind of gives me a bit of a headache. Makes me go like, hmm. Because really, he said he hasn't really been practicing or testing with a team or anything because he's had to take time off midweek to heal. So he's literally just getting on the bike on the weekends. Yeah, and and doing this. Three good starts. Yeah, three good starts. He said that, um, I was talking to him on Saturday night, and he said that he only gets a start like he had in the qualifying race once every five years. Yeah. And then he had two more on Sunday. So lucky weekend for him. There we go. All right for Sam, ain't it? Do you think he's going to carry this on for the rest of the year? Now? Oh yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what he does in Udavala, yeah, and Turkey because that sh- track suits him in yeah, Udavala. Both of them, Udavala yeah. 2012, 1-1. Yeah. There we go. Big big weekend that was for the points. So that's what we expect this week, Tommy. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no. So and Turkey should be good for him as well. And I would presume that with the weekend off between Turkey and Sweden, that should kind of do something for him health-wise as well. well. So maybe he will be really good there. Okay. Would a, could a podium happen? I mean, he was sick, so I guess it's stupid to say no, but... So, imagine you're the UK GB boss, Mark Chamberlain. I can imagine that. I can really picture myself in that position. Go okay. Ahead. So, imagine you're, you're him. You've just made that announcement. You've told Tommy Searle and, I, I guess, Adam Sterry that they're not going to be... Yep. They've not made the squad. So... I would... What? I would deliver the news... In a spectacular way. Well, how would you? What do you mean? You deliver the news in a spectacular like, way? I would sit the riders down, and I'd say, like Max, it's not good news, and then Paul, yeah, it's great news. You're in my final three. Oh, and then everyone I like would it. cheer and like yeah. emotional music would play. Yeah, yeah, and that's then... how I would manage the team. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, I don't think you're gonna be. You're gonna be you're gonna be asked. And uh, well, you you can. I to be fair, given, given you can apply via a CV, I think. And I might do it purely for the laughs, because can you imagine the podcast? <laughs> can, you, like, can you imagine the laughs or the interviews? Yeah, you're asking quite a crazy question here. You think you've got to apply, because let's face it, they're great at their communication, the yeah. governing body. Yeah, Word document. No, no, but have they ever announced that? I know, I think I saw that once. Okay, so get your CV in. What are you waiting for? I mean, I'm sure it wouldn't even make it past... The no, desk. It would literally go, this is from MXY, burn it. But still, it'd be fun. It'd just be funny to say that I applied, wouldn't it? Be a laugh. Um, We're all weird to have a good time. We've got to smile, haven't we? So, going back to the Mark Chamberlain, he's picked his team. He's there. Was he there the weekend? Everyone said that he was going to be, but I don't think he was. Okay. So, he's at home. He's on the sofa. Oh, he was at home, actually, because Tommy was texting him. So, I'm guessing okay. he wouldn't have been he's there. He's watching MXGP TV. He's announced his team. He's thinking, We're on for a podium. We, we are on for a podium. This is looking good. I wouldn't even say podium. I'd say win. Yeah. Okay. Win. Let's go for it. So, podium, um, definitely. Okay. So, yeah, this could be our third podium. I'm going to be one of the most successful uh, nations managers of all time by stringing in three podiums. And then he gets the news about Max. Yep. And I'm sure he was very confused, as was I when I found out, because the guy just finished seventh in the qualifying race and now he's in hospital. Yeah. I was like, how does that confused work? Confused as well. Yep. Yep. So was everyone based on the amount of people that went on MX Vice to read about it. Yeah. Okay. So he's got that, and he's like saying, okay, we need to know more. Da, 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 da. Yep. Okay, that's not a problem. We still got, it's all, it's all good, it's all good. Still got Ben. Still got Ben. And then Ben crashes. The words. I know. So, so now he's saying, it's, it's a risk. That's not going to get done in time. So yep. now I've got to replace Ben. I know that, um, you know, Max is up in the air. Okay, so I've got to replace one. Max is up in the air, so I don't know what to do about that. I've just told two people they're not in the team. Like, I'm guessing the, the day before or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then Simpson goes and crashes twice. And he don't think he scored any points. To if Simpson had got injured, which thank God he didn't touch wood or whatever else you want to do, like because we can replace 
say Max is out, which I don't think he will be, but say we can replace Ben and Max with Tommy and Sterry. Had we lost Simpson as well, and Wilson's already said he's not doing it because he needs his shoulder to get to 100%. Yeah. Who the hell would we have got as a third rider? I don't know. Exactly, Lars. <laughs> I don't know. If it was a 450... Which it would have been because Sterry would go MX2. Then I know this sounds crazy. Don't say Jake Nichols. No. Okay. No, I was going to say the other Jake, the one who's actually performing. Who? Who's that? Jake Millward. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. But, but on, on current form and how he's pr- producing, I know he's not done a GP, but um, yeah. Who would have thought that name would come up for the nation's team? I just certainly didn't think that you were going to say that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you could say Brad Anderson, but he's on a two-stroke. You could say... I've, actually, there's a lot. No, you're forgetting the big one. Who's been a lot of Nathan Watson hype? Oh yeah, so Nathan. Yeah, there was a lot of Nathan. Watson there was hype a lot of everywhere. Nathan Watson, yeah. More people want Nathan Watson on a team than bloody Mac. There we go. So yeah, forgot. Sorry, yeah. So Nathan Watson. But I don't think that would work for reasons well, we hey, discussed last week. Work for Charlie. Ch- Charlie. No, Charlie. Oh, you know Charlie. Charlie. Whatever. <laughs> Charlie. Charlie. Tomatoes. Tomatoes. Charlie. Whatever. Um, um, but it worked for him. He was an enduro. Came back to. Yeah, but he, so wasn't, been done. he wasn't as far removed as Nathan is. Charlie had been out a year. I think Assen in Erzberg couldn't be more different. Exactly. And Charlie was out a year. Nathan's been gone since 2016. Uh, we were talking about this the other day, weren't we? Yeah, 2016? Yeah, 20, yeah, I think it was 2016. Was a nice what, one. what year did um, Ev do the Red Bull thing? I think the, that was 15. Yeah, it? it was. So 16 was yeah. Nathan's first year in Enduro. Yeah. So There you go. Time flies. Time flies. So, um, Mark Chamberlain. Um, he's he must be stressed. Everyone, everyone is proper like keen for there to be an announcement about who's replacing Ben, and is wondering why we haven't said anything yet. Technically, Mark is under no pressure to announce it anytime soon. So technically, I wouldn't even be surprised if it doesn't get announced for another month. Oh, what's the point? Because at the moment, I think we just need to get through. Wait, some... shall I text him? I think I, I haven't. <laughs> I've never texted him in my life. <laughs> but shall I text him and see what? Why not? Yeah, because I think he's going to get back to you straight away. So. um I don't think there is any pressure, is there? We just need to see what's happening with Max. We just need to see if Sterry and any other English person manages to stay on two wheels and see out the next couple of GPs. And I think at that point, then we can possibly talk about it. But was Sterry named as a backup? No, no one was named as a backup. Okay. Did I see that the Dutch, right, Dutch team yesterday had a backup? Yeah. No, they haven't even got a backup. At the moment, they've just got four riders. Oh, okay. So they've got four riders. They haven't announced who's going to be the, in the three. There's literally like... How's that choosing a team? There's an... There's an interview about this on MX Vice. There's a story about this on MX Vice. Racer X put up a post saying MX Vice is reporting. Oh, uh, I know why I've missed that. Because I spent the last two days sorting out insurance okay, forms. Don't, so stop, stop it. Just saying. Just I, I would love it. to have spent all my no, spare time <laughs> reading MX Vice, but I'm up to me tits in insurance forms. <laughs> okay, that's good. So if you you're could, on that. Um, yeah, if you could enlighten okay. me. Okay, in that case, I'm more than happy to let you know. Sorry about that. It's like, it's, don't, you don't have to apologize, okay? Um, it's done. Okay. It's done. We're 50 grand down. It's done. Those words. Yeah. Well, now I don't want to go on with a podcast anymore. Imagine a, <laughs> imagine a night out you could have for 50 grand. So. That's what those Italians are doing right now. Coking hookers. We gave the Italians mxvice.it. What a way to repay us. I know. <laughs> like, what more do they want from us? We're being, like, we've given you a website. Well, at least they can't start mxvice.it. I reckon we should cancel mxvice.it as a protest. Ah, but poor Resto. 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 <laughs> Lorenza. 
Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, so the Netherlands, yeah. So um, basically, uh, Herlands is definitely MXGP. Koldenhoff's definitely open. And they don't know who's in MX2 yet because there's going to be training days in the sand where Vlanderin and Van der Moestijk will go head-to-head to prove who is the best pick for the nations. Wow. So they're gonna... Vlanderin didn't sound so happy, so pumped. I'm not surprised. So they're the going to have like basically an empty track and who can go around it the fastest. No, they're going like, replic- to replicate the nation's format and everything. What, are they going to invite all the teams in there to do a race as well? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, so yeah, they're going to... Wow, they must have a hell of a budget. But basically, because there's a deadline that you have to name a team by. Yeah. And it doesn't matter, you can change it after that. What, what's got- the date? I don't know. Oh, you should know this. It's like August the 27th or something. Really? September the 1st. Maybe you should know that. April the 15th. <laughs> I think it's probably your job. January the 2nd. <laughs> so basically, like that's what I mean. Ben is on the team. He doesn't necess- They don't necessarily have to announce his replacement. Okay. And what the Dutch have done is they've put Calvin's name down, but he could quite easily be taken off. Okay. Which is, must feel amazing for him. Yeah. <laughs> sure, he's pumped. But surely, isn't Van Moestijk in for two GPs? Yeah, Turkey and China. So why don't they just... Well, that's going to be a major part of it as well. Well, I was going to say, that, but that, like, that's the perfect job it, interview, think, isn't it? Actually riding against look, the riders said, who you're going to I said this to Koldenoff, I said this to Koldenoff, right? Herlins is going to do his job and yeah. be fine. Koldenoff yeah. is going to do his job and be fine. Yeah. The Dutch don't need to rely on their MX2 guy. They don't need, like, give me a country. A country? Uh, Prado was in MX2 for Spain. Did you see that? Yes. What did you see? I've seen that Prado's going MX1 and Spain have lost their marbles. No, that's amazing. Do you think? That's exciting. Well, I also managed to read that in between our insurance articles. And um, uh, it did say that Prado is not going to be riding a 450 until he gets there or something. Well, he's never ridden a 450 or anything. So That was actually my interview. Okay, so read that. So You read my interview? I don't know, but well, it kind of worries me. Well, actually, that's not what he said at all. He said he just hasn't tested one yet. But that's worrying. It's fun. <laughs> not for Spain, it's not. <laughs> no, but if like if Prado was in MX2, then Spain would be relying on their MX2 rider to carry the team. The Dutch aren't re- relying on their MX2 rider to carry the team. So what they need is a solid MX2 rider. Who's solid? Calvin. Rowan might get the whole shot and lead three laps, but I would be seriously concerned that he'd lose his head and crash out. Whereas Vlanderin would just be there, steady, do what he wants and finish a race in third, fourth, whatever. Like, there's no... I don't see why it's even a question, to be honest. And also considering that... Um, look at Lommel. Calvin was second overall, beating Team GB's MX2 rider. Not anymore, but I'd like to ignore that that ever happened. Beating France's MX2 rider. Beating Germany's MX2 rider. Beating Belgium's MX2 rider. The only person he didn't beat is Prado, who isn't Spain's MX2 rider. So if that was a Nations, he would be the number one MX2 rider. He'd win the MX2 overall. What about Justin Cooper? I could get except for him and MX Australia's MX2 rider. Oh shit! Yeah, now you just fucked yourself. Up. <laughs> I'll just fuck that right up, and I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but carry on. <laughs> this is going so well. Australia's team hasn't been announced yet. It should be announced soon. <laughs> <laughs> Who's in it? I don't. I I I can't say. <laughs> But uh, apart from like those riders who are coming from abroad, yeah, and you could say that Spain, okay, say Prado was staying down. Oh, Calvin didn't beat Spain's MX2 rider. Well, Spain aren't a threat to the Dutch. The USAR, the Australia, you could even say they're not as much of a threat to the Dutch. French. Basically, the important thing, <laughs> the important, the important thing is that Calvin was ahead of GB's uh, MX2 rider and France's MX2 rider. Okay, and Belgium, I guess, but then they've got a weaker team as well. So yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... Team Calvin. 
Team Calvin. Woo. So, uh, is there anything else you want to enlighten us on with Imola at all? <laughs> well, we've discussed two riders, <laughs> so that's great. <laughs> Let me just run through the list here. Strybos was good. Yeah, what happened? I don't know. He was good there last year. Okay. Is he an opportunist? No. No. Um, oh, speaking of opportunist, uh, with that, when you were talking about the Dutch team, cold and half in the nations last year, was that an opportunity? I, I was thinking about that when I was saying it. Yeah. You could say came alive because it was a nations. And you could say he got the whole shot. But he was ridiculously fast. Koldenhoff's only won three GPs in his career. But the Nations, he was yeah. just... When was the last time Koldenhoff won a GP? Uh, I, was, I, I know this because I was talking about last week's show. It was Asin. Were you? No, it wasn't. He's never won at Asin. <laughs> oh, no. It was, what, it was the week before Asin. When it was no. Like, where the hell do I think he won at Asin? <laughs> okay. Where did he last win a GP and what year ago? I don't know. It's like Locket or something like that. In? 2015. You got the year right. Oh, uh, La- Latvia. Oh, Latvia was it? Okay. Yeah. But I, I, I kind of only know that because a lot of people talk about that was the race which helped him get the contract with Red Bull, and therefore screwed Tommy. Yeah. Yeah. So he's only won three GPs in his career. He won Matley in 2013 with a 3-4 right in MX2. And how crazy is that? I'd yeah. love for someone to win with a 3-4 nowadays. That sounds exciting. Yeah. And then he won Latvia with a 1-2, I believe. And then so he's only, this is the first time he's ever gone 1-1 in a proper race. Yeah. I guess. Could you call this a proper race? I um, guess so. Who's is going to be his teammate next year? Uh, that was meant to be announced yesterday, but it's not a surprise. Oh, okay. Did I tell you? No. Oh. Uh, no, it's not a surprise. It will be any, it'll be announced any moment now. And yeah, okay. it's not a surprise. What country does he, is he from? It's not a surprise. <laughs> like, it's not a surprise. Think about it, people. People from... have gotten on us because you keep asking me stuff where I say I can't talk about. I can't talk about this, but I literally could is not it make Lieber? it any clearer. No. Is it Monticelli? Oh, oh, this is what I need to talk about. So there's a shit rumor. Again, fuck me. Oh, here we go. There's another shit rumor going around at the weekend. Yeah. Oh, um, Vlandrin and Bogus are going to stand in construct with, with backing from HSF. Could not have been just pulled out of nowhere anymore. No single, there was not one single part of that that was true. Who, who even makes this shit up? I feel like, 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 I don't know. It's like, like, like I hear some stuff as well, and it's just like, where the hell did I even get that from? It's like I say, I could, MX Vice could be massive if I just bloody went to GP and was like, what am I going to make up today? Do, 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 do. We could actually make up some, some cool stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so that was going around. That's not true at all. HSF are actually done completely. We were talking about that last week. Re- yeah. So, so it th- sounds, th- like th- sounds like they're not even going to be personal sponsors of any riders or anything. Wow. They're just going. That's a real shame. Yeah. That's a real shame. Let's hope they're back. Let's hope it's uh, a year out like Tim did with standing and they come back. Yeah, so that, there's going to be no HSF presence on any jerseys or anything oh, next year. Come back, which HSF. Means that, which means you. that Vlandering and Bogus don't have backing from a sponsor, which obviously puts them in more dangerous positions. Vlandering is still, in my mind, the number two rider to get a ride for next year behind Max. Yeah. Bogus is 12th on the list. Bogus, from what I hear, is knocking on every door in the paddock and no one's opening. No. So, no. That's not going well for him and I'm not sure what he's going to do next year. No. Yeah, how the hell did we get onto that? What were we even talking about? <laughs> uh, we, I was just mentioning about Koldenhoff in Assen and then it just oh, yeah. escalated. Escalated really quickly. Yeah. Um, um, opportunist. And then we're... And here we are. So yeah. I'm James. This is Lewis. <laughs> that was one rumour that I needed to squash. Okay. I don't know what Vlander is going to do next year. Any more rumours you want to... Because um, you seem very... Very well, aggressive it just, today. It just, with, it, just with it pisses me off because people spread shit rumors, and then like I feel like people look at people just immediately presume it's true, and they're like, "Oh, MX Vice aren't reporting that Blandering has gone to HS is going to stand in. Why not? They're a bit behind the ball." It's like, no, it's because I immediately found no. I saw it two seconds later. Said I've just seen this. Spoke to a real person, and they said, "No, that's not true." And I went, "Oh, that's not true." Then I won't put that out. 
instead of just going, oh, news, news, news. So talking about contracts, let's mention Max because he's, oh. it's just gone from bad to worse for him because obviously we <sighs> heard that stand is not going to... Oh, um, yeah. That, was that on the podcast last week or not? Uh, I think we were waiting for it. I can't remember. But oh. I think Tim came out and said that, the announcement, and then he put out another... Um, announcement saying Max is going to be out, but shows the type of character he is by yeah. riding for it, which is, I, I can't even begin to understand how he was able to win that second race after. Sure. But anyway, anyway, yeah. um, let's talk about the contract because what he's got is, he's at the moment, he's got no contract. He's got no ride for next year. Yeah, and I keep like saying to people about these riders, like, oh, it'll work itself out. Look at Max last year. Because standing was never even an option. That just came out of nowhere. Yeah. So, so do you think another team are going to go? It's tough to see in it, but it happened before, so maybe it can happen again. Yeah. But there are obviously teams in the paddock. Gebbon have a spot. Yeah. I know a few teams are chasing that. A few riders are chasing that. Yeah, yeah. a few riders are yeah. chasing that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, good job with me today. <laughs> um, there's a chance that Gebbon might be changing colours. Yeah, I heard that. I think that's. Um, I think we expect them to be in the colour. Blue. 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 Yes, blue. <laughs> no, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I've heard a few things about that. Um, yeah, which means that uh, we'll see Lupino on a Yamaha. I guess, yeah. There's a bit more weight to Jackie Martin's rumours now. Yeah, so we're, we're... I thought that was going to be... And I even said to a few people this weekend, like, I feel like we should have heard something by now. And apparently it's on purpose being kept very quiet. Yeah, I so, fully expect him to be in the pits next year with new team. I still struggle to see it, but there's definitely, like, talks going on. Yeah with a few different parties and if I've actually got some information which will um, I can share with you after that's what people don't want you to say on here uh, okay I haven't actually got any information <laughs> is um, the information the information that I told you last night uh, and you just think that you've magically came out of it yourself no I don't think it is I think oh. it's just new okay um, so that's a possibility I've heard of another new team Mm -hmm. with decent backing that could pop up but then that's a very I don't know if I believe that because it seems to be very loose but if that team comes off that could shake up a few things okay I've got something to add as well JWR oh god <laughs> currently got no rider signed you said that like three weeks in a row I'm now. just saying okay. they've had quite a few people approach them quite a few riders but they have not signed anybody for next year yet riding their time yeah I think they're waiting for the right right rider right opportunity I think they've learned quite a lot this year oh I'm not sure what we're talking about, but on the other MXGP topic, Jazzacone has re-signed. That was cool. Uh, I'm just confused why they've signed him to another one-year deal. Me too. Especially when I spoke to Antti earlier in the year, he, he, he liked both riders because he felt that both riders he could work with and they could grow within the team. He was talking about it like a long-term project. And Jazzacone is still being so young, you know, that fits into that, that mould quite well. He's only 21, isn't he? Uh, something like that because um, I know he was doing the British Championship when he was like 14 or 15 or something crazy like that I think it was Duns back in 2011 maybe 2012 something like that yeah but yeah I'm confused I feel like Husky are putting him on one year deals constantly because they're maybe waiting for something I don't know what they could be waiting for I don't know just seems a bit odd do you think it's because there are some big contracts up for renewal next year from is some riders own? and do you think that that is because of budgets they're basically not committing because they're saying, okay, our long-term strategy is going to be this. So we don't want to tie things down, which could um, change those goals. I don't know. Well, um, <laughs> the, the biggest person at contracts up is, is Hurlins. Oh, God, no. Please, no. What? Don't be that person. I'm not being that person. I'm just saying his contract's up. That's not going to happen. That would never happen. Oh, Hurlins is talking to Husqvarna. No, he's not. No, I'm not saying. No, but that's, going that. that's also going around at the moment. 
oh, that's, that, well, that's crazy. But I'm just saying that his contract's up, and depending on what where he's going to be going or whatever, has a domino effect like we've seen in the rest of the paddock. Yeah, yeah. I know you don't like to talk about these things. I'm no. just saying. No, I'm not. I'm more than happy to talk about it, but no. I, I was just confused when it was a one-year deal. Yeah, so so obviously, um, I think Caroli's deal's up as well. Yeah. And whether he carries on or, or whatever. But so. he's not going to go to Husky. He's not going to leave Dakali. No, 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 no. I'm not saying he is. But what I'm saying is what happens to their contracts then has an effect on what the oh, rest of the teams okay. do. Yeah. Yes. I now you with Now me. I get what you're saying now. Thank you. Yeah, it all trickles down from the top. Yes. So once they're decided, once those contracts are decided and the money's put in place, then everybody else can understand what piece of the pie they've got. True. True, true. So, interesting. I what I was going to say. Uh, brilliant. That's kind of really helpful. Um, always good if you bring notes to um, the I've podcast I've had a difficult week. Oh, at least you've got a laptop to write notes on. What about your colleagues? The things I've seen. <laughs> Not enough. Right, on that note, if you haven't got nothing to say, let's have a little break. Let our advertisers in, and we'll be back in five. Thank you very much. Yeah, Max, five, show, show, show. This podcast is brought to you by 24MX, Europe's biggest online motocross store. There are hundreds of your favorite brands at discounted prices, so head over to 24MX.com to shop now. Yeah, Fight Show. We're back. I'm back. Lewis is not looking I'm still too great. otherwise occupied. <laughs> Lewis, is, uh, Lewis is very distraught. The five or so minutes that we were off air... There was a lot of pacing. There was a lot of why me, why me. Not why me, why us? Because I didn't oh. get anything stolen. <laughs> but I take, I care so much about MX Vice. It's, it's a bit of me. I know. I know. Like you started MX Vice, but I like to think that I've been there. Oh, you have? Yeah. I yeah. like to think that although I didn't ever sink any of my own money into MX Vice, <laughs> I kind of. You blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, and I kind of yeah. did because I worked for free for you a did. bit. So yeah. technically, in a yeah. roundabout way, you invested. That was me putting money in because yeah. I wasn't taking money out. Exactly. So, like, the. The whatever yeah. X amount I was getting, yeah. I would have been getting paid. I, Not 50 grand though, is it? It probably has. To be, to be fair, if you want me to get a fucking calculator out, I reckon I can get pretty close <laughs> with little things. <laughs> well, that, that shows uh, we just got to wait for another one then. I will fucking, I'm going to just buy as many fucking scratch cards. Yeah. As I, if we started GoFundMe. Yeah, well, GoFundMe to buy scratch cards. No, not that. <laughs> Because there was a, I had a really, no one gives a. Fuck. I had a really nice message from a Dutch person. Okay, someone does on Twitter that said something like, "Don't underestimate how much we love MX Vice. If you need help, we're all here." And it genuinely made me cry. That's cool. Well, I've got to be honest. The insurance is not going very well at the moment. The insurance is not going very well. Thanks for breaking that news to me on the podcast. But uh, but I've got a call with Patricia tomorrow, which I'm hoping Patricia could come through. Who's Patricia? I don't know. She's from our insurance company. So, Did you um, say her name was Pam? Yeah, her as well. What was it? Pam? Pam or Pan? No, it's Pam. It's definitely Pam. Maybe it's Pam? not Patricia. It's, I'm thinking of Patricia at Pierce. It's oh. not Patricia at Pierce. It's oh. Pam at Markham. So let's I say, feel like you're missing the Pam, Pan situation. No, no, it's definitely Pam. Like no, Pamela. no, I feel like you're missing why I'm saying it. Why are you saying Pam? Pam or Pan? Why are you saying that? <laughs> Have you never seen Step Brothers? Yeah. Remember when they're doing the job interview and, oh, and the yeah, woman's yeah, yeah. called Pan and he's like, Pan? <laughs> Love that. Fucking, how did I even not know that? Crazy. Um, so, uh, MX2 The weekend. let's talk uh, about that. No, let's talk about Anthony Rodriguez. Okay, yeah, let's talk about... Uh, <laughs> Which was what we discussed we were going to do. A-Rod. There was a press release put out. Yep. There was no poem. There was no yes, no. There was some questionable writing, though. There's... This whole thing fucks with my head. Do you like, want to know what's funny? What? We were very, 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 very close to being 
boss boss's PR people this year. We were dangerously close, <laughs> like to the point where we just we backed out at the very last second. But I don't think we backed out. I think uh, the conversation went with with boss. We we were just too too busy. We were doing too much. We went for a meeting with them and they were yelling yes and no at us and we were like, why are you doing this? <laughs> That's so untrue. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's untrue. You like that, didn't you? Uh, that was very, very good. Yeah, no, the reason why we... We, we, would, have, we'd, we would have done it if we had the capacity. I wonder we if done we it. would have been able to make it good or if we would have been controlled into putting... Well, to, uh, it would have been an experience because I really like JJ. I get on well with, with, with JJ. And I get on well with Olivia. Our podcast was nice. With who? Olivia. Bossard. Oh, okay. Pretty sure he doesn't want to kill me at all. I thought you said Olivia. Olivia. Oh, okay. So, like Charlie? I don't know what it Not is with Charlie. Your, I don't know where well, you were taking the piss, but let's just... Just look at this. It's like My glove's the, half full. I know. I'm glad <laughs> your glove is half full. <laughs> Fuck. There's obviously something not quite right, which I'm guessing. I can't. I. I. I thank, it's not going to come out in. Um, I thank what? certain people for filling me in on the full details. Okay, but also out of respect for the current situation behind the scenes, cannot comment on what happened exactly. Yeah, but by reading the press release, whatever you think, huh? What would you read in the press release? What might you think, huh? That doesn't. Makes sense. No, not that. Well, that doesn't sound. Mm. Mm. Maybe just follow your gut. Okay. But Rodriguez did... I did an interview with Rodriguez. Always a good listen. Yep. He's a good... I like Rodriguez. Yeah, good guy. Um, and interestingly, he had this to say. This Ooh. would be good where I could patch in audio instead of me reading, but... Okay, Um. before you go there, a boss now not in any... Oh, no. <laughs> so you'd think boss is dead. No, 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 not dead. They're still continuing, but I thought they'd be continuing next year, not this year. They're not this they're, Well, they're not. They weren't in Italy. I can't see why they would get a rider in now. No, no, I think... Um, that... You would think that boss has died a horrible death at this point. Yeah. Oh, no. They are actively talking or trying to talk to riders for next year and actually have a decent wage that they're offering. Yeah, but not any, not any that. I mean... They're going to get two riders. Whether anybody likes it or not, or thinks that they're not going to, they're going to get two riders because there's not too many seats up for grabs and they're offering good money. And to be fair, there's no guarantees that next year will be as shit as this year. No. Although I can understand why everyone would be scared shitless. Yeah, but let's face it, you know, it's a new team, new ideas and everything else, and they want to do it their way. They're very successful at the other part of the business, what they're doing with suspension. And I think it's, is it Rally? Uh, Rally, yeah, they're really successful. Super successful. So let's face it, at some point, they're going to get us right. It's just a learning curve. Well, they got it right last year. I don't see what's gone wrong this year. Last year, it was fine. It was a nice little team. Mm -hmm. The only difference this year was they had Tommy. (laughs) (laughs) That's the problem. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so it seems like it's all your fault, Tommy. We've just spent years diagnosing it, and we've come up with one variable. Did you like Tom? Did you like when Tommy tried to slam me on Twitter, Uh, and I I came right back? Because Tommy's dry, but I also... Dabbling a bit of dry humour myself. You do. So <laughs> we had a dry off. <laughs> yeah, and the dry off was very good. He got roasted. Yeah, I'm waiting for his comeback. He did. He put an emoji. He put like a flat face emoji. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. We had. Yeah, he's. We both. We both dabble in a bit of dry humour yeah. from time to time. He's got. A, he's a. He's a good guy. Great personality. I bet he's. It he can be. I'm sure he can be fun, but also frustrating on a team. Really? Yeah. Oh. Frustrating because he's always moaning about um, his food's not right or his, uh, his tea's not hot enough or whatever. I don't know what you're saying now. Nor do I. But um, um, anyway. But Rodriguez said, 
But yeah, Boss are going to be uh, hoping to be around next year. They're contacting riders, but obviously I don't think any rider is going. That's my first choice. Hey, it might not be their first choice, but let's face it, they're going to have two riders on the start next year. Because there's too many riders who haven't got... Like, in Le- the, Where's Libra going? Well, you'd think Libra brings money still. So where's Libra going? I, I wonder if he's going to start LRT, but then I haven't heard anything about, about that. So. Okay, so we've got Jackie Martins? I think if Jackie Martins' teams happen, he has got a list of riders already. Okay. okay, so we got Libra, we got Starry, we've got um, Simpson signed for uh, RFX. No, but Simpson will, uh, Simpson will be fine. Okay, so he's got... kind of got, he's kind of interwebbed in that whole deal, so. Okay, so we've got, so take Simpson aside then, he's sorted. You've got Starry, you've got Lieber, we've got Vlanderen. Uh, Max. Max Anstey. Who else can I, Jacoby, I think Larry, we think signed. Jacoby's signed for, we think Jacoby's going to SM Action. Yeah. That's a rumour. Yeah. Don't know if it's done. Horgmo's done. He's going up to MX2. Yeah. Um, I saw Hawkmo was on the entry list for MX2 this weekend, which seems odd considering there's an EMX250 round. Well, I'm, I'm guessing he's not doing great in a championship, so well, he's not got yeah. to lose, has he? That's quite exciting to think. Why is my mind going blank? But either way, Vlad, like, if you're a team, you could have Max and Vlander in. Like, what a team that would be. That'd be great. That's yeah. a good enough team. Like, if, if, Husk, if Ice One said next year we're having Max Anderson and Calvin Vlander in, no one would go, that isn't a factory team. That's yeah. like a, that is a good lineup for a factory team, let alone a satellite. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So Rodriguez. Um, yeah, sorry. What, so he said that he couldn't say much, obviously. No. But what he did say was this, which is quite interesting. I don't know what I can, I don't know what I can and cannot say, but as, you, but as all you guys know, it wasn't a too fairy story. It was a bit of a stressful situation for me. Honestly, it put me in a dark spot. I didn't know what I wanted to do. It was one of the most challenging things I've had to overcome mentally. It opened new doors for me to understanding what people have gone through when they talk about mental issues. Now I can understand what they mean. I'm glad that I was able to bounce back from that and I'm looking forward to continuing to improve. Wow. Wow. There's not much else to say, is there? Wow. I think you can kind of read between the lines there and kind of come up with your own thing that maybe it wasn't all roses. But the fact that he was there for... Dark roses. Three weeks? Two weeks? Three weeks? Oh. But yeah, so that's that. He'll be with Hut and Metal until Turkey. I don't think they're going to go to China. And I can't see Venezuela sending a team to Assen. Rodriguez is another one who needs a ride for next year. Yeah. And it's a shame, actually, because that Hutton Metal team supposedly going to EMX 250, but that is a good team. And that, if they weren't, I guess they have to go to an EMX 250 if they yeah. want to be a Yamaha official team. But well, if they were staying in MXGP, they could have a decent team because their whole setup presentation doesn't seem like they have many issues. That could, that could have, uh, be a great option for a lot of teams. Maybe, uh, maybe that's the sort of rider what would go well on um, Lupino in, in Rodriguez or Rodriguez on JWR. I would think that Gibbon have their sights set on one of the big guns. Do you think? Yeah, I think so. I would think so. Because I, I don't think they're... Oh, we do, uh, Patrell. He still hasn't got a ride. Oh, yeah. yeah, see, like, he's just bogus. Bogus hasn't yeah. got a ride. God, it just um, loads. Okay. Right. Yeah, just, oh, God. Yeah. Silly season. Okay, so let's talk about MX2. Okay, let's talk about MX2. Because I know you want to talk about MX2. Yeah, I don't know why, but... I don't know why, but you, you're, in, you know, persistent. Somehow I've ended up on the Glen Helen results. Not sure how. This I don't know. Happened. But uh, we had Prado, same as always. Um, Olsen, consistent. Olsen, just to further sum up my Olsen thing. Olsenisms? He has, this is the first time he's gone 2-2 since Russia. Okay. Yet everyone says he's the second best rider in the class, clearly. Okay. Do you think he's going to win a championship next year? Um, no. 
Why not? Because I feel like Olsen will do what Olsen does, which is consistent, be there every week, yeah. which might win him the championship. But I can see riders like Gertz, uh, Vial, and Ben going, stepping up. And I can see Olsen just kind of staying at this good level. Mm-hmm. But I could see us getting to next year and being like, oh, wow, people have progressed. Okay. But you didn't think Olsen's going to progress? I don't, not as, I don't think there's as much room for him to progress as there is the others. Okay. Because we've kind of seen the same thing out of him for three years now. Is Beaton still got another year? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he's going to be... His teammate's going to be... I hear he's done for the year now. Okay. I heard that he was he got uh, the team Husky told Australia or something that he's not going to be ready for the Nations even. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. I should message him, actually. Let's talk about the standout. And I've been talking about him all year. Maxime really? Renault. Um, yeah, you're not funny. <laughs> you're, not funny. you're the only person who's found that funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, Maxime Renault. Yeah. He's looking good. Yeah. Now he is. He, yeah, I, don't know been... why, I don't know why there's not much to uh, say about it. I don't him. know why you're so negative. I'm not. I just you feel are. like there isn't any... I don't, feel like, I, feel like, I don't know why I don't feel like there's much to say. Well, maybe they haven't done a very good job in promoting him. I don't know. But what I'm saying is that he has been the standout rider for me in that class. Apart from Vial, who's on a Red Bull KTM. Okay, let's put that aside. But apart from him, Maxime Renault, he's literally come up from the EMX 250 class and he has been consistent this year. He's not been at the top 10 much. And that is awesome. I'm interested to see what he does next year. I think he's going to stay with that team. I don't know. You'd think that HRC... Um, there must be other people looking at him. I guess that's the only team that's got a spot in MX2 now, factory-wise. What about um, 114? Would you not expect um, 114 to I pick know, up I someone? I think that's more, that's more of a sideways move. Okay. Uh, that's not an upgrade for now, I don't think. That's okay. Just, but HR, well, HRC don't even know if they're going to run an MX2 rider yet. That's all to be confirmed. But you'd think that Renault, someone like that, would actually be a decent pull for a team like that. Okay. Especially if they're looking to invest in the future. And uh, the other young gun um, who raced uh, the weekend was Hoffer. I was actually more impressed with him than I was with Renault. Okay. Obviously, because Renault's now a M- full-time MX2 rider. Hoffer's yep. only just stepped up. But um, sick for the moto is no joke. Especially the heat. And actually, interestingly... A lot of riders said the heat was worse in Imola than it was in Indonesia. Because of the concrete, it was all like rising up off the concrete and, yeah. ma- and it was really intense. Okay. I'm no weatherman. But, <laughs> but Funny that, yeah. Yeah, the heat was rising off the concrete, so, creating a hot atmosphere around the racing circuit. Great. There were highs of 34 degrees. Wow, must have been so hot. Let's talk about him as a rider. Who? Renny Hoffer. I'm interested to know if they... Actually, why didn't I ask Grubel if they were going to push him up to MX2 next I don't year? know, because that is your job. But obviously, you had other things <laughs> on your mind. The to weekend. be fair, yeah. I, did, I still did 10 podcasts. Yeah. And to be fair, I mainly wanted to talk to Grubel about Hurlins. Okay, yeah, because... Can we talk about Hurlins? No, because okay. we've done... We're on MX2. Yeah, so. but Hurlins isn't in anything at the moment, so I felt like we could just slot in him in there. Well, he's in MXGP, so you could... Okay, let's talk about Hurlins. Uh, I, I was actually trying his to fir- talk about... His first Rick. race yeah. is... Do you know? It's going to be a, a Dutch race or something, isn't it? No, it's the German Oh, German ADAC, yeah. Yeah, the ADAC round ADAC, yeah. at a track that I can't pronounce the weekend before Turkey. Then he's doing Turkey, China, and then he's doing the Loon Plage beach race, interestingly. Yeah. And then Assen. So, so he's actually got five races? Under, four. Four under his belt before, before he goes. Assen, five, yeah. including Assen. So, so by the decent. beach race, he's going to be a weapon again. Yeah, and interesting. it's interesting because he said that he struggles with arm pump and stuff, so he wants to make sure that's all like out of his system before he gets to Assen. Okay. The beach race will sort that out. Yeah. Dirk said it's not a proper beach race. Like Apparently they do three 30-minute motos or something. Okay. It's basically, in, basically on the beach, but 30-minute motos, yeah. not a two-hour Western beach yeah, race. Yeah, so 
Yeah, that'll be interesting. Maybe okay. I'll even go over and have a watch and cheer. Imagine post-race podcast on a Loom Plage beach race. Wow. Yeah. Can you imagine her in his face if after the race yeah. I'm just there with my recorder? He would literally wonder what the hell he's got to do to get away from me. Are you going to be taking your car um, there? Because just make sure it's secure. So Why? What? I was actually just getting back into my flow and you just... Oh. oh. Did you not notice what I just started to flow again? Yeah, I know. It's nice to have you back. It's, what, been two hours? Yeah. Okay. So Rennie Hoffer. Yeah, decent. Did you watch him the weekend? Yeah, I said I was impressed. More impressed with him than Renault. Okay, riding style? His riding style is good, yes. He seems, as a person who finished sixth in a world championship motor, he does seem to be very capable on a motorcycle, yes. Brilliant. I just love what you bring to these <laughs> podcasts. It is fucking awesome. Thank you. Seemed like he struggled with the heat a little bit, because after the second race, I saw him kind of, oh, was it the second or the first one? Either way, he was sat in the shade, like having water just poured over him. So another example of how intense the heat was. Okay, one uh, one rider who did keep, when I was watching on MXGP TV, one rider that um, service. did surprise me. Um, the weekend he won the 150 championship um, a few years ago was uh, Andre Adamo yeah he's quite I said to someone at the weekend actually I can't believe what he's turned into exactly because during the 150 thing I kind of just thought meh yeah but he, he, thought, he, see you in a grader but but he's doing really well and he, and he didn't look out of I was quite surprised I mean he had a I think he had a couple of crashes didn't he the weekend yeah well, he had a few of those but he was um, he was right in uh, top 15 at some point yeah he finished 14th in the first race yeah uh, I say see you in a grader because when he was on a 150, uh, the 150 winner had oh, to do the press conference. Yeah, that was cool. And clearly he didn't speak very good English, so he rehearsed something. And around before a grader, he said like, yes, my race was good. Uh, I enjoyed it. See you in a grader, which is fine because a grader was the next week. And then like later on in the year, <laughs> in the press conference, he said, yeah, my race was good. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the track. Uh, see you in a grader. <laughs> <laughs> which made, which is a long-standing joke even today, yeah. and that made that that kind of stuff tickles you, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, you love that. Yeah, it's just funny. Like <laughs> uh, Morgan Lesiardo was strong again. Uslan was in the top ten, which on a hard pack track is something. I don't know what he's going to do next year. He's got uh, another year in MX2, I think. But he has. Um, so. Yeah, and he's definitely going to be staying down. He's not looking to go anywhere else. So I don't know what I don't know what he's going to do. But it's weird because I feel like he shouldn't have a problem because uh, the MX2 class is in a weird spot because yes, he's actually okay, an okay rider, and there's so many guys moving out, but there is room for like one one four. We have no idea what they're going to do. Uh, is Dixon going to run a second two fifty? If so, that's open. Like. There are decent spots. For a rider like Usland, who's a 14th, 13th, 12th place guy, I feel like rather than signing him, teams would rather go for an EMX 250 rider, take a punt, and hope that he turns into something. But I feel like riders like Usland kind of get lost in, uh, what would you call it? Help me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm with Usland at the moment, lost, <laughs> listening to you. I feel like they just get lost in... Uh... Noise. No, yeah, okay, we'll go with that, but noise. Yeah, thanks. Um, let's quickly move on then, in turn and rescue you. Uh, Brian, Renato, Brian Moreau scored zero points. <laughs> I, that, that's just... Very interested to see how the USA go next year. Yeah, it just, just fucks my head up. Um, Nicholas Lipucci, good yeah, ride. Yeah, that was odd. Yeah, good ride. Yeah, he was third forever in the qualifying race. Yeah. Don't really understand where that came from or anything. No, but he he's shows that he's got the pace to, to run up there. So um, are we looking at him at MX2 next year? Because at the moment he's doing quite well with yeah, the I, I can't MX250. See, I, I can't see a team picking him up in MX2. Okay. Thanks for that positive note. Uh, um, Mitchell I told, Evans. I told you, you, you speak... if you're nice, then the world just did you... you, so. <laughs> did you speak to Mitchell Evans this weekend? I did an interview with him, actually. Excellent. He wasn't so happy. I'm, I'm guessing he wasn't. I don't know if I should repeat what he said to me off the air, but when I walked up to him, he said I was dead to him. 
Which, to be honest, considering how my weekend was going, that wasn't... That's, that's kind of harsh. Considering how my weekend was going, that wasn't really what I was looking for. <laughs> Little pick-me-up. So um, what happened to his weekend? Uh, it just didn't go well. There were a couple of crashes, not big ones, just like little mistakes and stuff. And he was never really in a good position. He hasn't trained much. He hasn't ridden much. He's rusty. He's hurting a little bit. Damn. Basically, he just managed, a bad day. Basically, he, bad ma- he managed to finish the weekend. Yeah. And that in itself is a positive because he's still, since Latvia, including Latvia, he's scored 14 points. So okay. just managed him to finish, whether it's points or not, is something positive. And uh, speaking of the other Mitchell, Yep. Harrison. Yep. Uh, I think he'll be staying with Bud next year. Really? I think so. Okay. Reading between the lines of what he said in my interview. Are we going to be seeing the violin rider back? I don't think. I think the violin rider is just about as lost as our luggage. Oh, okay. But um, boom. It wasn't lost at stone. Yeah, don't you forget it, because that's a big difference. Okay. Mitchell Harrison also said to Port... Because Puerto Rico obviously want riders who are... MXGP. Yeah, because it's easier yeah. for them cost-wise. Um, Sanai said that the Puerto Rico team manager emailed him on Friday or something saying, hey, uh, just making final preparations for Assen. Do you want to ride MXGP and MX2 or MX2? And this was the first time that Darian had heard from the guy. So was confused why he was just <laughs> Maybe automatically he didn't see the first email. So, um, so is Darian doing it? Or he is... doesn't know. He's going to speak to Steve and see how he feels and everything. But Puerto Rico do have Justin Starling in MX1 and then putting two and two together, I was like, oh, Mitchell Harrison. Makes sense for Puerto Rico. Yeah. But apparently Harrison told the team manager last year that the only way he will ever ride at the Nations, because he was asked to go last year, um, the only way he, that he will ever ride at the Nations is if it's for Team USA. So unsurprisingly, the That's team has no. chosen not to contact him this year. Oh. So I'm interested, if Darian goes, which I could see him going, I'm yeah. interested to see what their other rider is. Okay. And speaking of Darian, he... Uh, when I spoke to him at Lowell, he had two. He was hoping to get on two factory teams in the USA. He was talking to him. Uh, since Lowell, both of those rides have been snapped up, so he's now in a bit more of a precarious position for next year. That's not so good. So yeah. Okay. Let's not bother going for a break. Let's go oh. straight into Ask MX Vice. Brilliant. I really appreciate you doing that, considering I was going to use the break to prepare the questions. We're going to have a break, and then we're going to be back with Ask MX Vice questions. See you in two minutes. The MX Vice Show. For everything in the world of motocross, head to mxvice.com, at Motocross Vice on Twitter, and search MX Vice on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. All content is now available in Spanish and Italian. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to my favorite part of the show. Ask Vice Anything, where you can ask lots of questions, but only ones which appeal to Lewis. As always, I get my own little question uh, sent to me, let which me guess, I don't share with you. Yes, it's from someone called Helda. No, no, um, not, not Helda. No, that was, she was friends with Emma Royce last week. Okay, um, okay. Get your which joke was over. Please. Held a cock in my hand. But yeah, um, this oh. week I'm, I'm actually talking to... <laughs> you can't even deliver it fun. You can't even deliver it well. No, come on. This is a serious up. question. Okay. I don't know what's fucking wrong with you. I'm just waiting if you get this out of the way. Okay, um, this is from Hayward Jablomi. Again, it's not even a, it's not even believable as a name. And he's actually sent in saying, Lewis, I've got your fucking equipment. Find me, you bastard. I did kind of want to drive around him a lot <laughs> and in the hope of seeing or finding something, but it never would have worked. Would it? Okay. Um, Stuart Cause. Oh, yeah, okay. Asked roughly how much does it cost a team per rider to do the flyaway GPs in a season compared to the European rounds? 
Surely a rider who is looking to impress can do the European rounds and providing they perform well can get themselves a deal for the whole calendar the following year. Okay. You answer the first bit, I'll answer the second bit. Okay. Uh, first bit, I think it's about, depending on where it is, if it's Indonesia, then you're looking at around about, I think it's maybe between five and seven and a half thousand per rider. Because when you say per rider, you have obviously to send a bike, but then you have to send a mechanic with the rider. And that's if the rider's just going with the mechanic. When a team actually has to, like if you look at Wilvo, they'll send, what have they got? eight different mechanics, guys, mm. does engines. You're looking at a bigger cost. But if you're looking at kind of a, a satellite team, which would go in, they'll, they can probably get away with sending a team manager and two mechanics with two riders. In some cases, they don't even send a team manager. No. Because in, in some teams' cases, that job is done before the race. Yeah. So as long as they've got everything they need. Yeah. So I would say between five and seven and a half thousand. Could be wrong, but um, I've been told that that's the amount. And on the second point of a rider just uh, taking a European-only deal, I think it's kind of a swallow-the-pride thing because a lot of riders believe, rightfully, that they should be doing the full calendar and I, I'm, I'm deserving of going to Argentina and stuff. And of rightfully course. so. Of course, yeah. And obviously, if you take a European-only deal, people are a bit like, oh, that's a bit shit. But like, do you know what? The, when, when you've been a full-time GP rider and you take that European-only contract and you watch everybody at home <laughs> sat on the sofa watching everybody you race against in Argentina. That is a killer. Yeah, especially when it's the first round. So you're just like, brilliant, I'm 50 points down. Yeah. Especially if you're a good, good rider. Yeah. So it's just, uh, yeah, it's a difficult one. Part of it's like swallowing the pride. But part of it's like believing that you belong there, which a lot of these guys do. So, But there's a lot of riders which have, have had a great opportunity this year, especially in MXGP, to show their worth, especially with the injuries and blah, 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 and everything else. So for those riders which were on European-only contracts this year, we use the word opportunity because that's what they had this year. They had an opportunity to show. Yeah. So you've got to take your opportunities when you get them. Darren Middleton on Facebook said, if we need two, if we, being Team GB, need two riders for the MXON and it's Cell and Steri, which are the next two fastest, who would you have ride for 250? Also, any news on Searle, Simpson and Steri rides? I think it's a no-brainer to put. Now that Searle's just recorded you know, one of his best results for a long time. Um, he's on factory machine. Why put him on 250? Yeah, there's no way that if so, and Steri both end up in, which is by no means a guarantee, I think that um, you've got there's have, no way to put yeah. Steri on a 450 and Tommy on a 250. That's yeah, insane. You, and, and given the machinery, what, what Tommy's got. So it's like by the time he gets to the nations and he spent more time on the bike, he's recovered from his injuries, blah, blah, blah. He's going to be in a great place. And the last bit, uh, news on Searle's ride for next year. He basically said at the weekend that if he's not on factory equipment or factory supported equipment, then he'd rather just not be in GPs. So I guess it depends what good opportunities come up. But sounds like there's a chance that he may not even be in the MXGP paddock next year which would be crushing. Simpson will be fine. He's kind of, he's got his own little network thing where he's kind of safe. I don't know where he'll end up though. And Steri's got nothing. Steri's talking to a few teams, but there's nothing even close to being concrete or anything like that. So, Wow. Phil Gee or G. Okay, um, still not found out? Nope. Okay. Uh, I'm I've said that every week and I'm wondering why no one's corrected me yet. Okay. Um, apart from having a good infrastructure, does Imola have a single redeeming feature? It looked poor and the crowd was mainly Slovenians. I know there was no Caroli, but it looked empty. See, this is... They have a high crime rate. No, what? Yes, that isn't... Yes. Why bring it up? Just let it go. Basically, 
don't let it go. <laughs> we can't let it go. <laughs> basically, um, it's a shit track. No, basically, what happened with a crowd, as far as I, know, I can understand, is it was the Italians have a week or a day where they, or a weekend where they celebrate summer. Right, that's still stuff. That's probably why these people weren't working. Um, they, have, they have a holiday thing where they, where they celebrate summer and it's like Thursday to Monday or something. They take a lot of photos and so, videos. So a lot of the issue I think people run into is people thought that old people would take adv- advantage of a holiday. Oh, fuck. <laughs> what? You were just about to say people were going to go and take a fuck. No, I didn't. You did? No, I didn't. Uh, when you listened back on that, you said people were going to take, take a, a fuck. Take advantage of the holiday to come to the GP, but in reality, I think a lot of people were on holiday. Because the crowd was good last year, so it's not like this place just doesn't attract people. It attracts the wrong kinds of people in some cases. Yeah, people I, with a lot I of time like, on their hands. I feel like we need a third... Secu- layer of security? No, that, I and mean, I feel like we need a third go at Imola just to finally... Well, like, we, we won't be there. See. Last year, Sean nearly died via his foot injury, which took him out for half a year. And then this year, we've had everything stolen. Yeah, so Imola's, if curse. you think we're fucking going back there next year... I might go alone. You'll probably die. With no... That's fine. To be fair, you will probably die. I'd rather Because this is how it's escalating. I'd rather that than miss a GP. We need to find out how much bodyguards are. Well, China's security. not looking good at the moment because the visa thing... Is just a nightmare. Well, no one's got any equipment to take anyway. Well, I have. <laughs> what are you going to do? Get get the rest of the guys to carry your, your podcast machine? I meant the visa for me. Oh, okay. Where did they find out about your past? Yeah. Okay. So did... I think that's not questions answered. John Blavowick. Do you still have the restraining order? Says, why aren't we getting any information about who is representing Team GB since the injury to Ben? Every so There's someone. Okay. There's someone who's a right... Really piss me off. Oh, here we go. Someone on Facebook like, commented yeah. saying MXYs clearly haven't told us because they don't really know what's going on. Uh, actually, what do you say to that person, actually, Lewis? What do you say? Actually, I knew what Team GB was 14 days before it was announced. The only thing we don't know is who stole our stuff. That is the only thing. I've texted Mark Chamberlain and he has since replied and we're not. it's not going to be announced until after Sweden. I reckon it was the ACU. After Sweden, it will be announced the new team. There's, like I say, there's no rush. Doesn't take a rocket scientist to think it's probably going to be Stereo and MX2. Let's be honest, anything other than that would be a shock. For one, I think if Mark went to Tommy and went, I'm going to put you on a 250, Tommy would go, you're all right, mate. Take Stereo instead. So Mark Barrett said, why, oh, why? <laughs> why, oh, why? Have a mountain bike race at an MXGP. How did that go? MXGP I forgot about round. that. Did you watch How did it? it go? I watched it. Right. Um, and I feel, I, I, I had a little think about this yesterday as well. And I feel like the problem is, we as motocross people... Who was commentating that? I don't know. Okay. We as motocross people were watching a motocross... We, we weren't watching it as a fan of the sport. Right. So I feel like we, it's not for... We, we almost think of it as being for us. It's not for us at all. No. It's for mountain bike people. How many mountain bike people were there? I don't know, but when, I think there was a couple of Maybe press people. Maybe they stole it. I think there was a couple of press people just there for mountain bikes. Yeah. Because like similar to if you were a mountain bike fan and you went there for that and sat through MXGP qualifying race, you would be like, this is shit. I just want to watch the mountain bikes because you yeah. don't have that interest. Yeah. So I wonder if all of us talking about it... Was like, it noisy? It was very quiet. The guy who won may have... We need to stick his bike on the dyno. Why? It was very fast. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I almost feel like none of us, you, Mark, me, the riders, the teams can comment because it's not for us. It's like running, a, okay, the Premier League of football. Are we talking about the mountain bike race now or Nations? The mountain bike. Okay. We're never talking about Nations. Why did you say Mark? 
That's uh, who asked the question about the mountain bike race. Oh, I thought about Mark Chamberlain. No. <laughs> okay, the Premier League of football is quite big. It's quite big, yeah. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Well um, done. If they ran a Premier League football There is one match, called the Premier League, yeah. In the pits at Imola. Yeah. I personally would have gone, why the fuck is this here? I hate that. This is boring. This is terrible. I absolutely hate this. Yeah. Football fans would have been like, oh, yeah, football, woo. But just because it's at motocross doesn't mean it's for me. Okay. So because you don't like mountain bikes... No, it's not me. I'm just saying, I think that's... Oh, that's not... Why... Did why... someone steal your mountain bike when you were younger? No. Okay. Um, yeah, that's uh, weird. I don't know if I, I explained my feelings there quite right. But I feel like almost we, we can't judge because it's not for us. Okay. It, it's for the mountain bike community. I wonder what they thought. Tell us, please. <laughs> Mountain bike coming, please put Lewis out of um, this. Lee Williams says, Are you going to make an apology to Glenn Coldenoff after last week basically saying he's not worthy of a standing contract? <laughs> oh, and yes, was, Lee! And, yes, Lee and Williams! And Max was better. That's fucking brilliant. Finally, uh, someone calling you out. I think I stand by what I said. Fuck off. No, he could win one one. Yeah, but. What I what I was saying wasn't what I said was that he's lucky he's got a two year deal, to which be, he is. To be fairly, if you've listened to this show, it's taken Lewis <laughs> at least six months to correct himself over Geyser, so it's probably going to be this time <laughs> next year that he even gets to any point where he can say anything about Coldenoff. No, obviously he's deserving of a standing contract ride, but if he wasn't under contract, I don't think it would be a given that he'd be re-signed. He would have after the one one. Yeah, but I think. You could make an argument for Vlander and Max, all of these Lever and all these people. So, especially with the amount I believe he's being paid, okay. that's kind of sure. So, yeah, well, I guess I should apologise. Great work, Glenn. Okay, I say thank you, Lee. Why am I thanking him for sending in the question? Oh, thanks, thanks, Lee. Jamie Colebrook, any idea where Max might be going? Nope. <laughs> Max doesn't have any idea where he's going. It's basically a waiting game. He's talking to a few teams, waiting to hear back, and until he hears back, then. Nothing's really moving forward. Yeah, but we do believe there are that there could be. He's not ruling out anything, whether it's America or MGP, oh, no, he's not, is he? He's not ruling out anything. Vlanderin's not ruling out America. So these guys are open to yeah, anything. Vlanderin's talking to teams in America, as is Max, as is Sinai. I think that's it. I don't think there's anyone else looking to go over there, but yeah. I got a question for you. Okay, James was, Burfield asks. James Burfield asks, "What was the craziest rumor that you heard the weekend? The craziest." I don't think I really heard a crazy rumour. Really? There wasn't one out there which basically would be like... The one about boss, the amount of money boss has got to offer a rider, maybe. Oh, okay. Okay, so there was no crazy rumours what you heard. You act like I've already told you one that I've forgotten about. Uh, no, not really. I just, I just, I'm just wondering whether you got, whether you heard like some rider was talking to somebody and you're kind of like, oh my God, like how does that even going to work but no nothing like that okay to be honest, most I was people, just excited oh, yeah. most people wanted to talk to me about uh, where your stuff yeah. was yeah Colin Dory at C Dory hi Colin on Twitter you only ever say that to him <laughs> uh, I know Colin he's from Sweden he's he, not he's from England he he's lives from in Sweden. England lives in Sweden yeah is having 20 GPs really best for the sport the saying less is more comes to mind budgets would be used over 10-12 GPs rather than 20 uh, could we see free rider teams or more teams and closer championship finishes good question because what was it five years ago we had 14 rounds no that was longer than that now really it was around like 2012-2011 think you might want to check that no like 2015 wasn't 2015, it started bumping up a bit. 2015. And that was five years? There were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There was 18 in 2015. Okay. (laughs) So I still at 14 then? That's five years ago. 14. There was (laughs) 17. (laughs) 
Okay, uh, 13. <laughs> I'm going to be proven right. Oh, there's less there. 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18. 17. 17. I counted 18. <laughs> 2012. wrong. 2012. Ooh, 16. Lower. 2011. When did Ustream take over? Was it 20? 2004. 2004. 2011. 15. Did I say 2011? I think I said 2011. Fuck's sake. You're always fucking right. Okay. So 2011 was the last time we had 15 ranks. I think the teams would like 15. Well, I think 15 is too low. Here's an interesting thing, right? Let's go to 2011. Last GP. Was the last GP Bulgaria? Was that about right? Or did it start with Bulgaria? Started with Bulgaria. Okay. So finished with Italy. Yeah. Fermo. Good track. Right. So good track. Good like times. Promo. 2011. Oh, Life was good. Uh, 2011 you know, wasn't Money in the economy. I don't know. I'm just thinking of bullshit. But basically, there were 29 riders in MX1. Oh, you're actually... Oh. Yeah? Yeah. MX2. Let's see how many riders were in MX2. 33. They're stronger now. So, so basically, all those people who are online going, oh, everything's shit. Metacross is dying. Don't, don't pick on Colin. No, I'm not saying Colin. Oh. Not saying Colin. I was just on. I left some Facebook messages yesterday with people. Oh, everything's crap. It's not crap. We've got more visitors than we've ever had coming through to MX Vice. We know that the company that we work for, their sales are more than any other time. It's it. There's opportunities and things are growing and it's doing very very well. All these scaremongers saying that motocross is dead. That's bullshit. The reason why it's dead is because their businesses are are not uh, changing in the way that other businesses are changing. It, it's that freaking simple. Your customers move, your customers change. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, okay. okay. Sorry, Colin. Sorry, Colin. Uh, 15, I think, I, think the teams, <laughs> I, think the te- I think the teams would like 15 um, except 18. Yeah. But I think they'd like to see 18. I think that's what they like. Um, Ma- maximum of three flyaways? No, more than that. Really? Yeah. Well, if you said five flyaways, say, say five, yeah, I think five. that's what we got next year, isn't it? Yeah, Two well, Indonesia, one China, a, Argentina, uh, and potentially Australia. Okay, so then you're starting to say that's a third of um, the GPs are then, you know, Safer than going to Italy. Yeah, fucking don't go. We're not going back to it, Imola. Um, little Chris Cam yes. on Twitter said, We all know motocross is a dangerous sport, but this year in particular, there seems to have been a lot more injuries to the top riders. In your opinion, do you think the tracks have been worse this season or is it just bad luck in some cases? Do you know what? I, That's bad luck. No, I'm, I'm a big supporter of everything Eastern's trying to do. And, I, you know, I, I, I went from being the person who was like, oh, I think they're killing the sport to actually... Were you that person? I think I was. I was quite negative. When was that? A long time ago. Oh, maybe before I knew you then. Yeah, a long time ago. And then when I understood about how the, how the business works and and what they're trying to do and everything else. And then you start to look at it from, from, from a business point of view, because let's face it, if you don't run these things like businesses, nothing's going to last. You run this as passion, it's going to die. So when you start to look at it from a business point of view, then I think you know, they do a lot of great things. At the moment, I've got to be honest, I'm not excited about the tracks. I'm not, not only am I not excited about the tracks, but some of the tracks just look dangerous. What? What like what tracks? Imola. And? The, the Imola the weekend, that was terrible. It was a terrible experience all around, but the track was terrible. I think your opinion but is I, I don't think Assen is a great place. Oh, I, no, I love Assen. Uh, no, I love Assen as in, I think it's great, like the grandstand and everything else. What I don't like is the, the concrete cinder blocks. I don't like the concrete... Yeah, but they're padded. Yeah, okay, they're padded. Um, but they're not fucking moving when you hit them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but no one's ever been injured there through that stuff. But people have been injured when they've gone off the track and hit cement. Yeah, 100%. And so 
I can don't. I, can I go in a minute after I have my rant? Um, I'm just saying that one way that if they're going to use these tracks, one way they can improve is the safety. So no rider should be landed on concrete. No rider. It's okay. motocross. Okay, and um, I think it's just bad luck. Twenty. I've said it so many times. Twenty eleven Supercross. Twenty eleven was dubbed for greatest Supercross season ever. Dungey, Villapoto, Reed, and Stewart all went into the last round or the last two rounds with a realistic shot at a title. And it was the best season ever. Everyone called it that. No one knew what was going to happen. Stewart was arrested. Villapoto didn't qualify for a round. Reed had started his own team and came out of nowhere to win a race. Canard stepped up to the 450s and did amazing. Dungey was the defending champ and didn't win a race until Toronto. Like, all this stuff happened. And it was the greatest season ever. All of the contenders made it through except for Canard, who broke his femur with four rounds, five rounds to go. So it was, like, exciting. And in 2011, injuries killed everyone. Dungey was out. Reed was out, Stewart was out, Villapoto was out. And what would have changed from one year to the next, from the greatest season ever to that? Nothing. And you know what? 2013, it went back to uh, status quo. Like, no one really got injured. A couple of guys did. I think it's just bad luck. And you can't jump to any conclusions until, if we have two years in a row of this many injuries, okay. I will start to maybe look at other things. If there's three years in a row, then okay, yeah, clearly we've got a problem. But there is still talk that 450s are too powerful as well. That's still going on in the paddock. Yeah, four fifty is too powerful, and but I don't think that's the ca- I don't think that's and, the problem. And riders are now pushing themselves to four fi- different levels. Four fifties are too powerful, so the speeds are too high. Well, how come Prado was faster than the four fifties in time practice at the weekend? Ooh, got them there, Phillips. Like I don't I don't think the four fifties are too powerful, really, because no matter what bike you put people on, they're still going to ride to the limit because it's a race. If you put me on a four fifty, then I probably would kill myself. At Steve Baird eighty eight says, "What did you take from the cell interview?" That'll be my interview, but you didn't read, so I guess you're out of this. All right. Um, will he retire from MXGP? We'd love to see him healthy on a factory bike for a full season. Think he would surprise a lot of people. Uh, Tommy actually said in the interview that had he been on this bike for four, for the last four years, things would be very different. So I, I kind of wonder how different. I think it all depends on what comes up. He said he's talked to a few MXGP teams, so I'd be interested to know what teams they are, first of all. And yeah, mate, I don't know, maybe a good deal with Kawasaki will come up where... Like he can have some parts, or who who knows? I think, but I don't think it would be a surprise if he is on a British only deal next year, purely based on his comments in that interview. I think it all depends on what offers are put on the table, and as a lot of riders are finding out at the moment, there isn't much. And do you want to know what's funny? I've got something to add to that, uh, but I can't actually say it. But I know that he was offered a really good factory deal going back, if not not too long ago, he was offered a very very good factory deal and tested the bike and everything. You realise that I told you that story? Uh, nope. Got told that by the person who done it. I was stood there with you. Oh. <laughs> okay. So that was my conversation. Yeah, but that was twenty. That was like 2012 when yeah. he was on CLS, which was a really good team. He's talking about the last four years. Okay, but Since I'm just saying... Since post-KTM. Okay, so what happened if he'd taken that chance? It's all sliding, you know, sliding mirrors or whatever. Then maybe he never would have ended up on KTM, which was probably the best team he's ever been on. Well, and now you've made me forget what I was going to say. Brilliant. What were we talking about? <laughs> Yes. Oh, what was what was I going to say? Um, uh, Tommy Searle, if he'd only been on the Kawasaki four years ago, I don't know. Go. You've, I've had a really good point. Yes. Broken. Uh, look, I, I, look at the disappointment on his face, Rob. Oh my word! What was it? I might have to take a photo. Um. Right. You. Uh, no. You, you vamp. No. Why I take a photo so what? I can keep this in the little library so, of interview. Strength. Um. No, I've lost it. Yeah. Next question, I guess. 
I'm reluctantly moving on. Dean Tucker 52, why is it all of the USA riders make a point in saying they need to tweak the settings for the next moto, but Euro guys don't say a thing? I'm guessing this is talking about the post-race interviews on TV because that's the only place there's interviews between motos. And I think it's just different circumstances, not circumstances, different cultures. First of all, I feel like the USA are kind of more open in talking about bike settings and changes and stuff like that. And the way the questions are pitched on the podium or TV in America kind of lead towards that. Whereas MXGP ones are a bit quicker. So it is purely about the race. Whereas, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's because Americans, because it's their natural language, English, talk more. Whereas put it, talk to a guy whose English is his second language right after a race and he doesn't say as much, so you don't get to that point. But MXGP riders do talk about settings, like Vlandering said at the week on Sunday night to me, this GP was the first GP all year he hasn't changed his bike in practice. So another interesting thing about Flandering is he reckons his start struggled at the weekend because he struggles to adapt going from his training bike to his race bike because there's a difference in power between the two. Wow. You should, you should listen to my podcast next they week. They sound really they good. Are, to be honest, yeah. I reckon as a collective, they're probably the best ones all year. Yeah. Wow. Rodriguez talking about Boss, Mitchell Harrison talking about next year, Sanai talking about next year, Tommy talking about everything, which is amazing. I guess when you take all the distractions from the weekend away, because you can't do anything so you're not stolen, then you're able to just focus on your job. And this is what happened. Well done. I don't know what that means. Uh, Rolf. Rolf what? or Ralph? What? Rolf Beatty. Wolf? Rolf. Wolf? Rolf Beatty says, will Kevin Hogmo get a factory ride for MX2 next year? Oh, fuck. He hasn't um, got a factory ride. Kevin, H- Kevin Hogmo's got a ride. It's a well-supported ride, but it's not factory. No. Um, Callum McEwen. What? Uh, Callum McEwen. Says, where is the best? Are you speaking Swahili or what? McEwen. What? McEwen. M C E W A N. McEwen. 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 Where is the best food at Assen? I want big hot dogs. Any hospitality do's and don'ts for the area? Ooh. I forgot Assen is in the in the north. Probably stay in Amsterdam. No, I think that's still an hour, isn't it? An hour and a half. And he's talking about hospitality. Oh, hospitality. Is that restaurant? You know the bridge? Yeah. The rest, like American Diner restaurant. Is that open to the public as well? I think no, it is. I f- no, I don't think so. Really? No. I don't think I've ever been asked for a pass when I walk in there. You go in there. Are you on about the one downstairs? Yeah. Not the oh, one yeah. upstairs. The upstairs one's VIP, but the one downstairs. Yeah, the one downstairs you can go in. Yeah, that's public as well. Yeah, that's going to be packed. Yeah, and I presume that a company will probably hire that so it's not mm, open yeah, to the public. So as far as the track goes... It is just like a normal field, traditional motocross race with burger vans and stuff. In the area? I think if you're looking to treat yourself, that's a great place to treat yourself if you wanted to go VIP. Yeah, because you'll get so much more for your money. Yeah. Um, But yeah, in the area, I can't even think Assen. There isn't, I don't think there's much, is there, on a way of restaurants and food? Surprises me, knowing your love of sausages, that you haven't Um, got the answer to this. That was a joke. He's being funny. No, no, you always have a sausage. A hot dog. Yeah, it's it's got a sausage in. Okay. Remember okay. that time when that guy put his oh, thingy in God, the bun? Oh, here we go. At Wade Rooney. Wade Rooney? No, Wade A. Rooney. Oh, I got all excited then. And, and at Craig Spencer 233, both basically asked, what's going on with the Australian GP? But Wade said, any news on an Australian GP slotting in and a possible location? Which makes me think that Wade has never heard about Perth. Really? Well, reading between the lines in his question, it right, doesn't... You tell the great Galah what's going on with Perth. Um. There's a chance that the first round next year will be a horse... What do you call it? Equestrian. A, what? No, equestrian. That's not what a building's called. 
That's what the person's called, isn't it? Oh my fucking! I'm, I'm fucking. <laughs> Rob, this is me waving. I'm out. <laughs> what? In equestrian centre, you cocksucker. Oh, well, that's better. Um, a horse equestrian. Equestrian. Uh, equestrian. A horse equestrian. Why didn't they steal you? <laughs> why could they have just left the equipment and stolen you? The horse equestrian. Put a dress on you. You know, got you working the streets. I don't know. They would have got more money. The horse equestrian centre. There's a chance it'll be a vat in Perth. Weirdly, I heard that after Indonesia there was going to be a meeting and there kind of hasn't been any more rumours or anything since. So someone needs to start banging those drums. It all hinges on the it all hinges on the government and money. Yeah, that's basically but what I'm, I'm we were told. I'm confused why there hasn't been any other talk or anything, which is weird. At Igrave Sun, yep, Igrave Sun says, "Will number eighty four clean up at the MXON?" Uh, no, no. Who will? Glenn Coldenhoff. Really? Yeah. No. Yeah. Look at Lommel. Guys that and Fever are both better in than him at Lommel. Tommy Sorrow. Who isn't on a, on eighteen? Um, her, if Herlins doesn't win, maybe Puerto Rico. No, this is actually a point that I wanted to make. Okay. One of the things that was so great about the first team GB team is Max. The only thing that would have stopped Max winning his class is Herlins. So Max could have had Herlins had an issue or not be one hundred percent. Max could have quite easily won the MXGP class and could still could. Ben, not having Prado to contend with, could have so easily won the MX two class. True. True. Thank you. So that could have been, if Team GB could have won MXGP and MX2, that would have been a really, really good setup for a good result. Mm-hmm. Instead, now Ben's out and Max is questionable. So who knows? So you think Coldenoff wins? Yeah. Um, funny enough, um, Don Kedex, he sent in. Oh my um, God, you've obviously got a Google page. No, I haven't. That is, again, that isn't funny because it's so clearly not a name. It is. No. What? Don? Not the second one. Kedex. That's. <laughs> It's so clearly not a name. I think 84 wins. Okay. Uh, he's been back on the bike since Lommel, uh, the Monday after Lommel, so he's done two weeks now. Mm-hmm. And apparently from riders I've heard, from riders who have been at the same track as him practicing, it sounds like uh, he's flying already. So That's good. Uh, two questions left. Come on, let's get to the end. Okay. Uh, do you want my question? No. At Brett Ski 1977. Dixie Normus. At, again, not funny. At Brett Ski 1977, will the GP of Great Britain for 2020 be reconsidered or is it definitely off? Someone told me that Dixon said there's a chance it could still come back, which I guess there is, because I guess if rounds drop out, then Matterley must be a reserve. I'm not being funny, but fuck off Emila, get Emila off the calendar and bring back Matterley. Can you imagine? I swear, if Matterley comes back, that is going to be the biggest question mark for British motocross ever. Because the amount of people that have pissed and moaned, if, that, if Matterley comes back for next year... I already year, said, the people who and pissed and moaned aren't the people who yeah, go... But if Matterley comes back next year and that place isn't rammed to the, like, the busiest GP we've had there, then, I don't know, that says a lot about basically everything. Uh, last question. At Cezark28 says, how do you think, what do you think about Prado... In MXGP at the MXOM. I'm bit, following the crushing blow of Max and Ben on the weekend, um, hearing that Prado will ride a 450 has given me a bit of excitement about the race. Obviously, we're all excited to see him next year, and that'll be a nice little preview of just how good he is. And I wouldn't even, be, I wouldn't even put it past him 
to win a moto. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because no, no, no. Barry McCockiner, he... Um, that isn't... Again, that's not... He actually agreed with that. This is the worst... The fact that you have to Google jokes really says a lot about you. I'm not Googling jokes. You are. You've I've just got A to Z of funny names. And there's Betty Puxer, Betty Hunter, uh, Betty Drizzler, which is a good one. I like Betty Drizzler. Okay, we're done with Ask Vice Anything. What about Clint Torres? We're done with we're done with MX Vice. Uh, we're done with Ask Vice Anything. Connie Lingus. We're done with Ask Vice Anything. Okay. Uh, great. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Do we want to talk MX Manager? I haven't done the prices yet. We're not going to talk MX Manager, but I had a shit weekend. Rob done very well, twenty third, and Lewis. Uh, I didn't, who knows about Lewis? He couldn't even look after fifty thousand pounds worth of equipment. So thanks everybody for tuning in and. Um, just keep those questions coming in and also you can send them to Lewis. I've obviously got my personal people that send um, questions in. Keep those coming. Buster Hyman, um, thanks very much. And if there are Colin any... Forsex as well. Okay, okay, we're okay. done. Right, we'll see you next week. Bye. The MX5 Show. This podcast is brought to you by 24MX, Europe's biggest online motocross store. There are hundreds of your favorite brands at discounted prices, so head over to 24MX.com to shop now. The MX5 show, 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 show.